All right, welcome to episode 21 of It's Server Time, and this is a special live edition. Yes, the big 2-1-21. It is, uh, it's going to be different. It's going to be a little different because anybody that is subbed in the chat in the spot that we normally take patron questions, you'll have a chance to ask a question, but you have to be subbed on Twitch. So that's the one difference. Patron questions still will get the love that they always do. Be sure to subscribe on Patreon if you want to ask questions regularly when we aren't doing live shows. But as always, I am joined by Mix, Note, and Pernogo, and we will be breaking down the major... We're going to be talking about pretty much every team. There's a lot of roster mania going on too, but let's just let's just go straight to the reactions. I mean, the major it just ended what a couple hours ago, and Navi Simple he got his championship, guys. He's got, he got his chip. He got the spicy chip, the hot chip that has eluded him for so long. Finally, does it? What this is his third grand finals, right? Yep. And it has happened. It has. What are what are you guys' instant reactions to Simple getting his first championship? Finally. That's it. That's yeah, I, it was it was kind of nuts. I don't think we're gonna see as strong of a performance from any other player in a major grand final or even in a major run, I think, in probably ever. It was just so dominant. Do you have the stats on that? Do you know if anybody had a higher rating in a major as a major MVP than this? No, I think Eminem's actually did a tweet after the match uh, where he he broke it down. So the closest rated player was Cold Zero with a 1.40 at Krakow. Oh, and so Simple and got... Simple ended with 1.47. Wow. Yeah. Wait. Simple... Oh, this is in history of all players, all majors, basically. So, yeah. so all players, Cold all Zero, majors, yeah. So Cold Zero did not even win the major or MVP, but had a 1.40. But Simple, as the MVP, as the champion did it wow so yes. it's like maximum sample size yes. because he went the full distance that's that's yeah we'll see. never we'll never see something as dominant as this i think it's just going to be so hard to replicate a level throughout a tournament as dominant as this yeah didn't drop a map even on their obviously the nuke streak they've been building out throughout the whole tournament the one time they get taken close nico whiffs the whole thing we don't get a three map grand final oh. and that's what's going to be the graffiti shout out to the Pain. pre-show yeah shout out to no the please please no that can't be the graffiti i i won't stand for it if that gets the graffiti i just Man, you can't have a graffiti that's just purely to tease Nico. I can't. I just that is. Uh, I'm gonna actually take it up my valve. She's still never play Nuke again. No. Peter actually yeah. had a good idea for the graffiti if there was to be one from this major, and mm-hmm. it'd be a, on Inferno from Hunter where he like cups his ear because it would be a. It's oh, an iconic yeah. moment, but b. It's also like the return to having a crowd in a yes. stadium after two years. So yeah. it'd be it'd sort of mark both of those together. Okay, I didn't know he was referring to the hunter ear thing. That, I think that's so. It, yeah, that's okay. Mistake, yeah, 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 that's what he's referring to. That would make sense, though. That would be really good. I mean, that that's pretty cool. That's a that's a pretty cool one. Yeah, I don't want there... I just can't let there be a negative graffiti, man. That's just too toxic for me. Listen, if you're going to give Nico a negative graffiti, you got to place a positive one somewhere else. To balance the like, scales, is that the argument? Yeah. I was thinking you were like going to go completely the other way and say, go back to every other major and find a negative graffiti for all those majors. There'd be so, so many. Can, yeah, oh, that'd be so many. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's what, I thought that's where he was going with it. I could tell. He was going, he's thinking something toxic, but he didn't do it. Because as Maui yeah. Snake says at the end of all of his videos, go ahead, say the line. Being toxic is a choice. There it is. Exactly. <laughs> this is where the Simpsons start clapping and cheering. Woo! Yeah, exactly. The normal closer. Um, but I'd say, I would say, okay, okay, actually, I have a question for you guys that I do think, okay, 
here i'll just i'll just pose it i'll just pose it if bit won the major mvp over simple would that be a blight on simple's resume Hmm. i don't think so not like it would be but not like that big i mean i kind of think about it like the, the the instant you said that the instant thing i thought about was like steph curry exactly not winning, like a finals mvp especially yes. that year he lost it to iguodala so and right. like most people would would actually that like curry is like still the most important player on the fucking it's literally it would literally be exactly like that so um no not really i mean in a bit some people would like meme on it but i don't think anyone would like take it too seriously because he has like 30 mvps other than that yeah, I mean, you have to remember. And then you go back. Yeah. Go so I was, I was going to say, like, you'd still go back to the event and see that he was averaging like a one point like thirty eight rating. So it's, yeah. it's not like he was getting carried there or some shit. Like, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely the like leading the charge, tip of the spear. I mean, this is a point that I made earlier. I, I thought for like for sure, if Navi's going to win, it, it, the worst part for Simple would be if he only wins a major when he's got like really competitive, strong teammates. And like that, you can sort of use that as an excuse for why he finally won because like obviously Nico, by comparison, he didn't have the same level of strength in the rest of the roster as like obviously go down the go down the lineup bit. Obviously Boomich having some fragging games, Perfecto, Electronic. Like all of these players at various times have either forged their reputation in the past with Electronic, but also just in general have been taking, you know, tearing heads off bit rookie of the year. Like there's so many things that you can pull from that it might take away from Simple's legacy as the fact that he finally won a major and it took him so long and it took these circumstances you can't even say that now the guy had the record setting major performance 1.47 like insane average rating and the idea that that's going to be the performance that he puts on no wonder he deserved the mvp and this is totally deserved i think even if he ends up dropping this in some crazy three mapper where g2 upset it and we crack all the viewership records from here till the end of time on that one um as as hype as that would have been i still think you have to give it to simple anyway and say like what a what a talent what a god yeah, I don't think I think it would be more of like a fan a fan narrative if anything if uh if it was supposed to be like bit winning the MVP and people sort of shitting on simple for it cuz there'd really be no reason especially if Navi won the major because I can guarantee you simple would absolutely not care about not having the MVP. He would rather have the major title and not have the MVP than not have the major title. You know what I mean? Like he that's, probably that's has a like, bigger achievement yeah. regardless. It, it means nothing in the in the grand scheme of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he probably goes home and he just throws like his like event MVPs into like a bag with like all the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I okay. I'll I'll just say there would be the like when you say the fan narrative to use it against him. That's basically what it would end up being. That the it would, the the main people who would be throwing this against Simple are the Zaiwu fans, the Zaiwu stands. You know, all the Zaiwu stands that are like a- anti-Simple, the people that are like just have to hate on him. Most of which have vanished completely. You know, you, there's pretty much no way you can make fun of Simple at this point. Uh, but because he's going to be number one this year, uh, he's going to, he has a major MVP. He has a ma- major championship. If Bit took it, I, I do think it would be a little bit of a blight. Like, I'm not going to say that it takes away the greatness of Simple. Like, he would still be the best of the year, which most people consider more important than a major MVP. Like, people say Zai was the best in the world, even though. He hasn't even really been that close to winning a major. And so I, I would expect to see a lot of just crappy comments in reply sections and comment sections sure. that would just use it against him. But I don't think most real pundits would use it against him in a derogatory way. It would just be mo- almost more of a celebration of, oh, my God, Bit really is uh, the answer that. But then, like, yeah, th- that's pretty much it. Just that people would celebrate Bit a lot more than they already have. 
Okay, let's talk about the second place team. As as uh, Eugene put it, of Navi, I think he's like the owner of Navi in the pregame segment. He said, "G second, G G second, <laughs> really top tier banter yeah. coming out of coming out of." I'm glad he's you like, actually he, caught that because I totally didn't understand what he said. <laughs> so. He's saying G second, and then he's like, "Hey, Navi fans, let's start a chant G two top two. And I was like, yeah. "I don't know if that's gonna work because like <laughs> top two is pretty awesome, honestly." So he tried. He really tried to make that a thing, but then people were like, "Wait a second, we're we're celebrating the fact they're they're actually a good team." Uh, but G two, okay, going into this, I think that. Thorin put it out there on the desk, and I think a lot of people already were thinking it. Um, you know, it seems like they're going to make some ro- they were going to make some roster changes. But do you guys think that there's a case right now that G two should just be sticking it out for even longer? Does this just uh, extend no. extend the roster? You think they should just change mix? Yeah, I think they just change. I don't like. I don't. I don't think like even this. This is like almost like the closest series I felt like they've they've had against right. Navi at times. Yes. I don't like. I don't remember the the past series uh, too well, so I could be wrong. But um. Like this actually felt like even map one was like was like pretty dominant for Navi, but obviously map two super close. G two probably should have won it, mm-hmm. but like I still just think like with this roster, this like roster lineup that they have now, this is like the peak that they're just gonna keep hitting. Like they're not good enough to beat Navi. They're they were they look like they look terrible coming into this event. I'm surprised they even got to the finals. Honestly, Agreed. coming into the event, so, they yeah nothing to be happy about. They just, lost to Mad Lions yeah. in the last. They were absolutely this like event. it's not even just that like they were disappointing. They were like atrocious. Like they yes. literally couldn't buy a fucking map. Like. Right. So it was good to still come in and show that like they were still like a good lineup, but I still just don't see like I don't see this lineup just like elevating past this. You know what I mean? Like they haven't shown the peak to to beat Navi ever, so they're they're not hitting like some like crazy peak that they can't consistently hit. It's just they get to this point. Sometimes they're worse, and they don't really seem to go much farther. Yeah. It's also easy to look back on the series after that whole double overtime on Nuke and think that it was super close the whole time, but really Ancient, once it hit the second half, was entirely Navi's, and it's really not as close as it looks just by looking at the scorelines alone. Um, mm-hmm. And I have to agree with Mix. I think they're they're just not going to be competitive enough to consistently beat a team like Navi. Um or even for that matter, like if NIP get a better player, for example, as a fifth, like, I don't yeah. think that they'll be able to out outmatch them when Device is playing like he should be, which he didn't at this major for a bunch of the matches, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I think also this is probably one of the best off-season periods to make a large change to your lineup or like make a yep. substantial like add add a large name to your lineup because that's a lot of contracts are running out at the end of this year. You have a lot of teams and players looking to make changes before we head into 2022. So it's going to be the best opportunity they're going to have to be able to get a large signing to their to their name or to their team right now. I mean, yeah, I got three angles on this. Uh, obviously, the first one is just piggybacking off of Note's point about roster moves. Ocelot, if you're not familiar with him from the League of Legends side, he just cuts star players, huge signings, crazy mm-hmm. stuff. And he obviously sells some of his players. He famously sold Perks, who was like, goat Western candidate, basically, uh, obviously off to C9. And he paid for like so many other roster moves with that mega transition. So it's not even like he's in the tank in the hole a lot with his money. He's actually quite shrewd in that respect. And he kind of knows that if a roster isn't going to make it, like you can kind of tell when it's past an expiration date. Probably the only reason he doesn't make a move sooner than this is because obviously we had the two year major cycle with the RMRs delaying the roster moves for all of the other teams. And if you also look beyond that, you have to consider like because of Ocelot's history, cutting other stuff, the fact that he got Nico in the first place was a huge shock. Like, holy, holy crap, this guy's actually making moves, right? You go past that, 
he's not unlikely. It's not a complete outside baseball possibility that Nico ends up getting removed. I mean, that's a crazy idea to all of us who are just CS fans, but this guy will just cut star players. If he thinks that they're not going to work, if he thinks that they're not good for the team, if he thinks that like maybe some of the other players that he can invest in, or maybe will shine in other circumstances, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not going to predict that, but that is a legit possibility with this guy in the reins. And if you consider the idea that like, just from the roster move angle alone, this team didn't participate. This is the other take that I'll say is that they got progressively better against Navi specifically, where they were more competitive in the second best of three, right? This is after I am Katowice. I think it was Cologne or something. It was the other best of five, rather, that they were able to do. Mm -hmm. And then they almost take them to three maps here. But are you really going to wait two and a half years for your team to be able to take one map off of Navi? Like, I don't think so. I think this this lineup's past its expiration date. Okay, okay. I was gonna I was gonna save this part of the question of the week for later, but let's just okay. get into it now. Okay, sure. so basically, I just wanted to get into it. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's just get into it. Let's just save the first part for later. But uh, for this one, if you had to make changes with G two, okay, who is the first guy we're taking off this team? Let's just almost in unison. I feel like we can just say it, right? Jax, surely, yeah. right? Jax has to go. Uh, Aminek has to go way harder than you. Okay. Like, the, the thing is, I'll, one half I'll, I'll on be. I'll he had be, one sick play. Yeah, he did. I'll be the contrarian here and say <laughs> Aminek has to go. Like, that's actually my first move. Ooh, the problem see, the thing is, I, okay, go I don't need Aminek to go. I don't no, need Aminek see, to go. No, I, need I, I need Aminek to take Jax's role or something. No, I need no, no, something. No, no. I, I've thought about this too. Okay. Yeah. I would rather Jax stay in Jax's role than Aminek take Jax's role, and I think they'll be a better team for it. That's just my personal opinion in terms of how I think. We're split um, down the middle here. If you look at the overlay, so that's that's mostly just like like I could be like super wrong, but that's okay, my personal. Okay, wait, no, would like you take how... you do Jacks, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah, on the fence because I think when you when I talk about cutting players, I always try and have like somebody in mind as a replacement, and I don't yes. know who I would bring into this team yeah. other than like maybe a Rops if they can I get think, him. I think I safe think would be sick. Yeah, like if <laughs> OC. they do need the thing is they do need an opper. So if they're gonna get an opper, then you replace Almanac. Like I sure. I I would agree with not re not replacing Jax's role with Almanac. I would rather them do that. But if they're gonna try to stick to their weird like hybrid sort of thing where they're not really sticking to opping as much, then I can see them replacing Jax. Um, I just don't see what op they would possibly get right now. Yeah, okay, the replacement is a tough angle, but I will just say from the angle that I, I saw, why I would actually prefer Jax to say on, by the way, spoiler, I would actually prefer they both go. The problem is that Jax is like the glue guy. If you see him, like there's a one note that I thought was really interesting is in the middle of some of their semifinals, I think also the quarterfinal, uh, some of their playoff matches before we got to Navi, Jax is the one who's like maybe sometimes getting out of his seat and like trying to grab the players, you know, in the middle of a mm -hmm. attack timeout and try to sort of get everybody back in the game and uh, make sure that they're all level-headed. And you, you know, obviously you'd hope that the coach could do that to some degree or that maybe the star like the caller and nexa might be able to rally the troops but if you remove an element like that you don't know where it's going to go afterwards and on the point about Amanek, it's just that they it's nothing that these two players did wrong Amanek and Jax didn't necessarily do anything wrong if you want to be like a top 10 team in the world but g2 especially ocelot behind them wants to be the best team in the world which is crazy to think about if you're a csgo fan because when have they ever been top one but that's the aspirations behind the org and so when you filter your sort of your view Viewing the lens you know, through that sort of lens, if you're viewing G2 through that sort of lens, you're going to say there's absolutely no way they keep either of those two players because they're not tier one, top one players in my eyes. I think they can go to a top 10 team, top 15 team and do pretty well. I, I could see like Jax, if he speaks good English, he could re really do well on something like OG, perhaps, you know, if they end up swapping out one of the, their sort of. I, I don't players. think I don't think Jax would do well on OG. I don't think Jax is that good. I just don't think okay. Jax is that good. Sure. I got, I'll just stop right there. I mean, I think that I think that Jax is OK. So I looked at the ratings for this. 
this when we're I was thinking about this segment yeah. a little bit because Jax, of anybody that made playoffs, the only players that made playoffs and had a worse tournament rating than Jax are Linus and Plopsky. Like, oh, even Kyojin did it. better. Is that true? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Kyojin, Linus, and Plopsky. Okay. Kyojin, Linus, and Plopsky, I think, are the only players. <laughs> yeah, of course, Kyojin. I mean, yeah, well, I guess we could replace Pop- Jax with Kyojin if you want. You know, yeah. I'm so, sorry. All I'm saying yeah. is, is that if you replaced Omnic with like a good opera, I don't know what opera at the moment. But there's like there's like a fuck ton of good offers, right? G2 can surely sign one, right? There's there's someone they gotta like. Like, I think a team with Jack still there and like replacing Almanac with like an actually good op. So you have like Nico Hunter, the op, Nexa mm-hmm. kind of there, and then Jack is just like the fill guy or whatever. I think would be a better consistent top team than like keeping Almanac. But I think you could do better than Jax if like you want like a different, like, you know, fill guy, I guess, for entry. So if G2 are willing to actually spend real money, I think we're, we are, though, in agreement that if they remove two, it'd be Omanek or Jax. Or would any of you want Nexa out over one of those two? I, I mm. think... The problem is, if you, I just use the same logic that Node had. Like, who do you replace Nexa with? That's yeah, going to gel exactly. with this team. That's also going to call well. I think the biggest issue sure. is that Nexa's just been kind of inconsistent with his fragging mm. output, but also that his calls maybe haven't been adaptive enough. I think they come in with a pretty good game plan. We saw that on Ancient, but it doesn't really feel like they can turn the tide once it's shifted. Oh, okay, so Nexa, Nexa seems to be fine. Sorry, cool. I was going to say, Nexa seems to be fine playing yeah. with Nico, and that's kind of, kind of hard to, to find sometimes. As okay, but it's... But of the of the calls at around fourteen to eight, Nexa called for at least four A executes on Nuke. Yes, in four, a row. Like in it, a row. Yeah. In a row. There, there was a, there was a stretch of four, and he just didn't call it on round number thirty, but rounds twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty seven, twenty six. He called the same, basically the same A execute. A little bit of misdirection in it, you know, some cross smokes outside, some stuff like different timings on it, just a little bit. But he called the same strat four times in a row. And it failed four times in a row. And that, there's usually, you know, that question that people put out there. Why not just call it because eventually it'll work? I mean, I think Nexa just tried that in a major grand final and it failed. But I, I'll be I'll be the first one to say that I don't think that's a that's an indictment on Nexa, particularly for how he called throughout the rest of the tournament, because I think that G2's T sides actually are are fine. Like, I don't actually think that that's the like biggest flaw for me always. You know, it, I mean, sometimes their defaults are not great. And sometimes people get outplayed a little bit here and there, like individuals, but I don't think that it's like necessarily just horrible call after horrible call. It was worth a shot in my eyes. A rare moment where the chat actually helped me out here. Uh, Somebody in the chat, I'll try to find you, but I can't. Yeah, you're gone. Sorry. Chat's moving too fast. Nobody will notice that you said a good point. Um, Not a single uh, first place finish in a tournament, like an actual trophy lift for Nexa in this lineup. Besides like, I think Champions Cup finals, which was against, uh, I think, End of 2019. Yeah, it was end of 2019. This lineup, this five-man lineup since the end of 2019 hasn't won anything, hasn't won a tournament. That's crazy yeah. if you if you remember G2's like place in this ecosystem as like a, supposed to be a champion. Cuz even OG be threatened for finals and stuff, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah, I mean that's a point. That's a good point. Uh I think we're going to I think the G2 discussions wrapped up a bit. I want to go to the series like that grand finals did a pretty good job in terms of make that map 2 was exciting. Yes. Like, flat out I was on the edge of my seat. I was like I think Everybody like that was like the whiff heard around the world. Yeah. The Nico shot. It's like I had so mirage in moments. my eyes. I knew it was coming. Yeah. Bro. yeah, I thought it was coming too. I thought we were gonna get. I thought we were gonna see the the map streak broken. But one series that absolutely did not deliver was Gambit. Gambit Navi. Oh, yeah, that was legitimately the most disappointing series I had saw at the major. And I watched 
so much of even the challenger stage and so much of the legend stage and i literally just never saw gambit in that series whatsoever uh what's what's the deal with gambit guys why why do they why did they suck so bad i mean they're definitely not as good but like regardless i do think playing on a stage kind of like not just a stage but it's like it's the major there's a lot of pressure you're playing navi who you've been having like a rivalry with the whole time they're in like top form it can easily like just kind of like crumble onto you um i'm trying to even like look at the moment because i really want to see who's been like because there has to be like someone has like dipped off in form but even looking at it it's like no one's necessarily playing like particularly like super bad like maybe axel maybe a bit underperforming a bit within the last month he's not quite been the devastating force that he was which i think mm -hmm. really hurts their t-sides especially because something axel adds is that he'll just like take random 1v1s at like any time like in places like you wouldn't expect right like on C9, for example, we had like S attack and Floppy on B side. S attack's just like coils, you know, just like spotting, chilling, just seeing if anyone comes. Axel just comes up, banana, just takes a fight with the guy, coils, and kills S attack. And you're just like, well, fuck, like there's nothing you can really do about it because you have to fight them eventually and you have to, you know, you can't just fucking hide from them with setups forever. So, right. Having that added like element on your T side is like super powerful and it helps Nathany call, I think, a bit. And so mm -hmm. if Axel isn't playing well, I don't know. I think a lot of things just kind of compound to them. I don't think they're as bad as they showed in that Navi series. I think that, yeah, I think the addition of like all the pressure and like their first experience playing in this type of thing was like getting to them as well. But um, yeah, yeah, I think specifically the pressure of playing in a major playoff series of that caliber is what really got to them. I don't think that this is the sort of level that they would normally play up to at all. Um, I also don't really think it's like an online versus land thing because they played relatively well earlier in the stages, but. This, again, is one of their first big stage matches in a stadium with a full crowd, and it's a major, and it's a semifinal. So I think all of that, along with playing against Na'Vi in this form, just led to such a blowout in that series that doesn't necessarily speak to how they're going to play going forward. Um, but I, I just think this is a drastic overestimation, or sorry, underestimation from them as to what it would actually be like playing on stage at a mm. major. Like, Nafani said in an interview that he had no nerves, and I yeah. do not believe that whatsoever. He might have believed that before they reached the actual stage, but once they hit it, that think, changes well, dramatically. What I, saw him say, what I saw him say on Twitter, wasn't. it didn't seem like it was like, yeah, I have no fear about this fucking major, right? What it seemed like, based on what he, some like sober tweet, um, was that like he said he wasn't really feeling like anything, which mm -hmm. I think it's almost like a different type of service because I can I know I understand them like it's not so much that you're feeling like super high or super low it's like I guess more so some people mentally you just cope with it by just going to just like total like disassociation almost where you're just kind of there you know like it's a weird fucking mindset to be in um I would say that he probably wasn't actually feeling nerves but he probably wasn't feeling in like a normal mindset like the mm. the correct one I think I think maybe what he's kind of shows that he's feeling a bit off during the week it's been. Like, yeah, like a crazy week. Like, especially it's a bit different, right? When you come in from like nothing into like your first major, right? Like, say like Copenhagen Flames. Like, they haven't been doing anything this year, really, aside from you know just the tier two stuff. But Gambit's been playing all these tournaments and like winning them at the start of the year. That adds even more pressure when you finally eventually do go back to a major and you're playing on stage against Navi. Like, I think it could all add up into just like a weird, a weird mindset. I think Gambit shouldn't necessarily like panic about the result, but I do think they need to like be able to like look in the mirror and like try to understand that it wasn't just like being on the crowd on the stage like they've been falling in form a bit so 
they need to like go back to the drawing board and try to see what they can change up and what they can improve. I th I think I think their T sides are actually a concern for me. I think that when I watch them online a lot more, um, and even watch like Axile's POVs on certain maps, the amount of times he's so comfortable just going for what I feel like is a timing peak on T side, um, especially dry, like with no not much utility. Like I think I found the stat before that was just how how little flash assist Gambit has uh, on their T side, uh, like the lowest of basically any top thirty team. And I think that on LAN, I think when I watched their comm videos, it was very apparent that he would make some of those plays because other people would hear rotations. They would hear like that one extra footstep, uh, one like that nade in sync with a gunshot. So then they know that two people are in a certain spot. And if they were always playing off of that, knowing knowing basically everything going on on the map, and it's the reason that their rotations were always so good in the online phase. They they pretty much heard everything. Like they literally had the volume cranked up. 100 and in-game at one like they were so good at that and axile in particular like his t side drop off at this event was kind of spectacular in the playoffs on t side he had a 0.74 rating and for the event as a whole on t side he was like really down like he had a 0.84 on t side and and most people have drop offs on t side but axile is supposed to be uh like a top three guy on this team yeah. and and he went for me very missing yes. um i still he play, still played ct sides really well like he's still a site specialist in a way but i i think some of the like reads that t, that gambit used to make in the online era when or even in the studio when they have full sound is it's a lot harder to do that when there's potential confusion because of uh yeah. exterior, yeah, it kinda, external noises. it's like it's like a it's like a slippery slope i would describe it, right it's like more so you don't have axel doesn't have all the info that he's used to having it's not yeah. he's not like playing like the same exact game that he's been playing with like the info and how he's playing off his teammates which in turn makes him less confident in what's going on that's going to make him less confident to take like random fights that he wants to take because you know he's not really sure about what, what the cts are doing so yeah it's just the whole thing that like and if you're not taking those fights as much like that can affect your confidence like over time especially because you know you're just kind of playing differently it's it's a big knock-on effect I think uh, also something just tagging on the point about LAN and arena play is that the audio cues, I'm sure that like Gambit weren't really ready for a lot of those. Um, for me, mm -hmm. an interesting sort of sub narrative that's a little bit more based in the meta, but I think it does have a bearing on this team and, and just how they've all of these sort of fresh arena players have adapted or not. The A1S is actually really powerful in arena play when oh, you can't yeah. even hear the silenced gunshots. And that is something that I'm not sure Gambit were 100% prepared for because it was always going to get a slight land buff. But the fact that it's every gun now almost, like almost no A4s, that's pretty considerable. And I'm, I mean, that's a situation that's going to negatively impact the T sides of any team that's not like prepared mentally, especially you're thinking of some of these close quarters engagements where rifles are still in play, like a nuke upper site or something like that. Like if, if you're trying to fight around smokes and stuff and triangulate, but the crowd's roaring in your ears, I mean, that's crazy. And, you know, to Gambit's credit, they dismantled Furia. It was a 2-0. There was an OT in that on Inferno. But look, this is a situation where you would expect Gambit to come in swinging because they were able to so somewhat comfortably defeat the Brazilian team, which could theoretically have upset them or at least gotten a map. Uh, I was expecting more from the final or the, the semifinal, rather. And unfortunately, it just didn't deliver. And unlucky, Maui Snake, because you did tweet out that every single game hitherto had been I know. competitive, at least 10 rounds. <laughs> and yeah. then that was the one that was 16-8, 16-3. See you later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty unfortunate for Gambit, but I'm 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 in the same camp as as I think most of us are here, which is that 
Gambit don't need to hit the panic button just yet. Yeah, don't just don't blow to... this roster up. Like wait a little bit longer. See how you adapt to the LAN and arena play. And if you if you, yeah. there's a problem in a month, two months time, maybe then that's when you make a change, right? Yes. Yeah. I, Hobbit was super aware of the fact that they could fall off on LAN. And, I, and there's nothing to be ashamed of of a top four performance to the eventual champions. Uh, like that's you basically only lost to the best team there. And even if they I, I'd actually be really curious if the bracket were a little different, if Gambit would have beat G2, because I think that they have a I mean, online, they definitely would have uh, at LAN. I think G2 gets a slight buff there, but that would have been a pretty sick grand finals if we got the, the Gambit G2 in terms of competitiveness. Like, I'm obviously glad that the results ended as it did because Navi and Simple got it all. But I don't know if anyone on how... G2 could have kept up or sorry, if anyone on Gambit would could have kept up with G2 with this specific tournament, though. Nobody uh, was Hobbit playing up very the well. same caliber. Hob Hobbit Hobbit did, but, but for example, like, even Shiro had yeah. a pretty lackluster tournament yeah. compared to his regular form. True. Axile had a pretty poor tournament, so I don't think that they could have matched the individual output. I'll just throw it out there then. If if Gambit were in the grand finals against G2, who wins it? I say G2 2 1 at least one overtime, but that's assuming Gambit. I mean, if they've defeated Navi, you have to give them a big up in stock, right? You have to kind of pump their stock sure. a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that could I think, go I think, either way. I think another question would be like, this also, like, if they were on like the other side of the bracket and like the semis against G2, I do wonder if yeah. one. It also makes you curious, like, it's also funny how like timing can like change things so drastically, right? If you go like, three or four months back, I forget how long it would be, when mm. Gambit was, like, beating Navi every time. I would, mm -hmm. I'm curious, like, how that... Because, like, these things change, right? I'm curious how, like, if you play, like, within that time frame, how Gambit would do against Navi on, like, a stage like this. But obviously, since then, the tides kind of turned. The mental block kind of went the other way, where Simple was starting to own Gambit a bit more. And so I think that that almost, like, made it worse for Gambit. Like, having that tide turn on them and then going to the stage and facing them, it's, like, it creates, like, almost more of, like, a mental block. Because you actually, like, know the people as well. Yeah, I think the other thing about blowouts, I mean, this meta is kind of stilted a little bit more towards at least 10 rounds for the opposing team. It's You got the CT-sided meta sweeping in every map, but especially maps like Inferno, uh, partially due to the grenade change, partially due to the M4A1S change. But I also think that like the economy system is still fragile, that if you can find purchase on T-side, you can get like at least three or four rounds just by forcing the CTs to save or breaking their economy a little bit before they can get back into the machine. So there's a lot of like comeback mechanics or a game closing mechanics. It's kind of really bizarre in that sense that Gambit didn't make anything competitive. They didn't even get to that 10 round double digit score. I think mm -hmm. that is like, as much as some people will say, what's the point in getting 10 rounds if like every map ends that way? It makes it even more obviously notable when they don't end that way, when it is a total blowout. That means that really like one team really didn't come to play because the, even the meta favors the idea that you can close that gap. So just figured I'd throw that one out there as an, I thought it was an interesting little point of analysis where you can kind of see maybe Gambit really weren't up to snuff at all in that particular semifinal and who knows where they would have gone otherwise. Actually, with you bringing that up, I'm kind of curious since it's been a while since the A1S change happened, what is what is your guys' thoughts on the current meta in terms of the, the economy balance specifically from side to side? Because it used to be relatively T-favored, especially with how much CTs would have to save. I, I think it's kind of balanced out a little more in favor of the CT side, but then the T's have easier purchase value anyway. Uh, I think I, I actually would go to one of the rare good Vu tweets here and just say that. I think I really do wish that the A1S and A4 just had their prices swapped right now because I feel like it's too easy of a decision to go with the A1S right now. Yes. Uh, if, yes. if the A4 were 2,900 and the A1S were 3,100, then 
because I think everybody is preferring the A1S for the cheaper cost and the fact that it's the better gun right now. Yes. It, it needs to be one or the other. It can't, you can't give it both or else then we're in a state where games are, I mean, I don't, there's nothing wrong with the game being CT sided and I think it probably should be always a little bit CT sided uh, on most maps. You know, there's the occasional maps like Dust2 where it's probably more T sided, but even, even then I think that I, I like, I like how the game feels. I don't, I, in a way, though, I kind of just feel like the whole, like what Pronogo said about the silencer being a huge buff on land, I don't really love that aspect mm. of it. I, I don't really want um, the mega, like, three spray down or burst, burst, burst kill with the A1S just because people can't hear it. Like, I, something about that is not, it feels, it's not like it's bad for the game necessarily, but it's just like, Oh man, it makes it such a huge difference between LAN and online, where there's already the differences in emotions and the differences in a little bit of sound stuff. Like then the A1S gets an even bigger, a more drastic boost, yeah. which which doesn't feel. Um, it, it just makes it such a huge difference between LAN and online, which I'm not sure. Like I don't want LAN and online to be different beyond the fact that it's the emotions that that take over. In the very imaginary reality where. Valve are paying attention to the CSGO esports scene and they're balancing based on that. I would say that like you have, you have to kind of be honest with yourself before Operation Riptide. What are the game's flaws, especially as a spectator sport, but just in general, like I don't think anybody thinks it's a fun or in exciting gameplay mechanic that if I lose one person on Inferno CT side, I'm saving with four people. Like probably not right. a good mechanic, right? Probably not a good thing. That's a key issue. And I don't really think Valve did much to change it, but they did make it so that CTs could buy $200 cheaper on the M4A1S. That obviously we saw what happened when the Krieg was reduced in price and the same thing with the AUG. Yeah. Like it became just meta-defining. I think a big deal with the idea of like this whole meta stuff. And as long as we're on the meta, we can maybe talk a bit about the map pool too. If you guys want to linger on that subject, a lot of it is that like some maps have been disproportionately impacted by the grenade change. And then you also have the land buff coming into play with the A1S. I actually think it was a fine idea to make it so that the A1S was more, like if statistically it was more powerful, which is obviously the damage change. But I don't think that you can couple that with an earlier change to reduce the cost of it. I think obviously Valve is being very conservative and only changing one aspect at a time. But if you're going to buff something that you already buffed and people still aren't adopting it, you'd think they would have learned a lesson a little bit from the Krieg, which they kept re reducing the price, kept going, kept buffing, and then eventually had to nerf it into the ground, they, basically. They isolated the variables to a point now that we know what the difference maker is. Yes, I think. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think I wish they, I would like to see one more tweak, uh, sooner than later with the A1S. Because, yeah. Swap the prices with the yeah. other A4 maybe, or just, I mean, I still think it would make sense if you could buy them both at the same time. I know Valve wants to do that whole inventory thing, but I kind of feel like it's a, an anachronism in the current state of, the, of play. Like, Agreed. you know, revolvers are memes for show matches. And what else do you have? I guess you have like the CZ versus five, seven. I don't, I think really you could remove one of those guns. And even though it does make an impact on the meta, it's not like massively drastic. Like you don't need both of those. Right. So it's so, it's so lame that actually, you know, you know what happened with the show match today yes. is that I think what was, oh, shoot, who was it? Was it Yabby? I think Yabby had the, the revolver in a lot of rounds, but like nobody else could even buy it because they probably like, oh shit, the match started and I forgot to switch it. Yeah. So I can't a join bunch of them did have it, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think wait, who, who, someone else had it, I think. Right. I saw there, there was a round where it was like four revolvers against four revolvers, but maybe it was dropped. Like, it's hard to remember. I, I think it, it might have been dropped. Yeah. dropped. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, but I because I actually think I remember distinctly that they were the same skins. But yeah, that's that's pretty much that. Um, eight yeah. revolvers. Someone said it. In yeah. Chat. yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't know why we can't have all of the guns able to be picked yeah. in games still. Exactly. <laughs> like, 
It For the love of God, please. I mean, even if you want to keep the CZ in there as like a different, it is functionally different than the five, seven or the tech nine, like does make a difference, but why do I have to pick? I, I, I still don't really understand what value that adds to the game. It feels like it's only stopping us in the case of the A1S. Versus I, I think the only reason they haven't changed it is because it's probably hard coded. <laughs> like it's probably hard coded to share the same slot. It is. Because yeah. I think, the, I think the, the old, the old, um, the way the game used to work or something previously was that the the weapons were registered to the same slot so it would actually count the stats for one of the weapons for another or something oh, as well yeah. like the p250 would count the stats for the cz or, or something like that it was really weird back when those two used to be interchangeable okay we got one more semi-final we didn't really touch on uh the heroic g2 one i think this was one of the best series in terms of competitiveness yes at the event uh there were a couple a couple maps that i think beat it but in terms of how close the series felt throughout it um i mean even even in the culmination of it being map three overtime like g2 ahead i think 13 6 heroic come all the way back up 14 13 g2 bring it to ot like that one was also pretty damn amazing do you guys think that in in that game like we're heroic at, at any point, were Heroic supposed to win it? Yeah, map three. 100%. Yeah, you think, yeah. When they were, like, it took them so long to get back there. Like, yeah. G2 were ahead. G2 kind of choked, and then they, like, unchoked. They Heimlicked themselves. Yeah. My read on G2 this tournament, especially once we got into the arena, I think you saw this against NIP very briefly um, in, their, in the quarterfinals, is that if they are front-running, and then a comeback starts to mount, and especially if that comeback is predicated on Nico being neutralized somehow, and this happened in both Inferno maps, remember, um, I think that he ends up tilting, and that is a factor, and it does take some time <laughs> yeah. to get back to, to, to form, right? I mean, if you think about the NIP match in, in specific, it sticks out to me that the round that they finally break Nip's win streak on on their CT side, right? So G2 in this case are on T side is when he double entries to B and then gets like a triple kill the next round or maybe I'm having it reversed. Either way is two multi kills for their first yes. rounds in like the last 10 or something. You know what I it mean? It does like, feel like he has to be the, the one that breaks the game. Like he has to be the game breaker for them uh, in those kind of moments because it, it's rarely some kind of tactical call that gets them out of a, a slump in the middle of a, a match. Yeah. And that's what it felt like to me. I thought when, when heroic were starting to mount the comeback, it seems like G2 are an easily tiltable team. And the fact that they were able to rally in overtime and even get to overtime, um, you know, they obviously got it, did it off of the back of yet another explosive B take. And then they finally make it to that OT and they take the map. And that was, that was impressive. And it must be crushing for the heroic players. And, you know, I don't know who could have seen that coming from an angle up in the sky. Nobody, nobody, nobody could have seen that coming. So. Okay. One thing. One, one thing I got to bring up that I, I brought up when I was doing the co-stream is that I have a vivid memory of a lot of closing maps in Cadian's history where he just does nothing. Like he is absolutely like he cracks under the pressure and he, like Cadian is clearly the emotional leader of a lot of the teams that he's on. Like he's getting super hyped. He's like really giving like he's showing so he's like he's wearing his emotion on his sleeves and yet when it comes to the big moments, it it really feels like somebody needs to help him because I I brought up at least nine lands 
where Cadian on the last map had like sub 9.9 rating and oftentimes like 0. 0.6, 0. Yeah, 0. 0.63 rating at the end of the, or 6.1 rating, sorry, at the end Dude, of this last map. It's, it's really common. Like it's really common when Cadian is facing elimination that he finds way, like he just plays the worst form of his career. And so I don't want to break up anything from Heroic either. I think they're a team that is just right now, top to bottom, a very strong roster. But I, but I will say that I, they need some way. Maybe it's a coach, you know. Maybe it could be a coach that needs to be behind him, um, that isn't cheating, that can help him break those kinds of moments. Like he needs, he, he needs some kind of emotional support. Like someone needs to give him a hand because he finds like holes and he digs himself into them uh, in terms of his emotions. He's probably trying to do right. way too much, and that probably also comes from like being the caller and like, yeah, because like from like when I watch like heroic, right, especially like their CT size. Cadian's like always the one moving around the most and like picking up different angles. Mm -hmm. So I imagine A, he's probably thinking like way too much about like what he wants to do or how he wants to call in like a third map or something. Like maybe that like kind of pressure is getting to him. Yes. It's like can be a bit overwhelming. And so that kind of happens and like he's trying to like force shit and like I don't know. There's like it's not even that you don't have to be like you can't be aggressive, right? And like forcing. So it's like but there's a difference between being aggressive because it's coming to you because you're letting things flow to you. And there's a difference between being aggressive because you're trying to, to force shit. Like it's a completely different mindset. You're going to be doing things at like different times and different moments. And you're not going to be like reading things like as clear as you usually do. So obviously I don't know their comms. I don't know what the, the exact issue is, but I would imagine um, it's probably a case of Cadian trying to, to do a bit too much, especially as like the caller and leader of the team and putting like too much on his shoulders. Yeah, I think one other thing is People might forget, but Exist is only an interim coach for them, yes. just for the major anyway. Like He will just be an analyst going forward if they choose to keep him on past the end of this year as well. I think uh, his his contractor or the original deal that Cadian mentioned on HLTV confirmed was that it's just a, a temporary thing until this year while they, they try him out and see how they work together, um, even in an analytical capacity. So they're also just, they should be looking for a new coach after this major, um, which to your point, Maui, I think, yeah, they need somebody else to be an emotional leader for them as well. That isn't Cadian. Not yeah. that apparently coaches just have to be ro robots now though. So, I mean, I don't know how much. <laughs> I don't know. Malik was getting pretty crazy. He was getting pretty crazy back there, actually. That's I, was surprised, true. I was surprised actually how much Malik was doing and the admins just like, yeah, it's fine for this time. You know, I like, was surprised they enforced it the entire tournament very strictly. And then they did nothing in the playoffs. Malik. Yeah. Or for Malik. In specifically the, end, yeah. the grand final. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Uh, okay. Yeah, Blade uh, couldn't can... even lift the trophy. Like, when will Valve's coaching rule stop? <laughs> Wait, <really? laughs> well, he just no, didn't. Just... So I just <laughs> I made that, that shit. It. it looks like he was like about to move towards it. Like, yeah. Okay, Bro, wait, I'm just really saying with the trophy shot. So really, I thought you were serious. We have to talk about the trophy. We have to wait, talk wait, about Wait, I was just going to say, like, Okay, Imagine you're like Blade, right? Like you just won the fucking major and like your team's going out to raise a trophy and an admin just like stops you and like, <laughs> where do you think you're going? <laughs> yeah. Listen, buddy, you just clap watch, over there just... in the soundproof booth. Okay. You're just watching from your team's booth. Okay. You're not one of the five players. Yeah. Get back. Major trophies, guys. Where does this one rank? Oh, I'll pull this like, up. I know exactly where we're going with this. I will pull this up on stream for everybody. You, so. you have you have uh, images of yeah. the of the different trophies or what? No, I just have the image of this trophy, which oh, is, this you can trophy. barely be called a trophy if you get my sense. Is there you know is there a worse one? Like yeah. <laughs> I, I actually okay, don't know if there is a worse one. It's the thing is that all the ESL <laughs> events are like out of contention because they all have, like decent trophies. They have good trophies. They have cups. The e they have the, giant the cups. E yeah, the E League events have like good trophies as well. 
Yes. What was the face? So we need to find out what was the face it trophy. It was like a. It looked like well, the Copenhagen Flames logo. Yeah. It was actually. Yeah. It was actually a bit bit shit. Bit shit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the major one's a bit shit. Oh, Here we go. The face it major London one is. It's it's a little bit face it. It's very face it themed. Yeah, I remember it being uh, very, very face, but not as bad as PGO. It has like yeah, a red flame at the top or something. Yes. Right? Yeah, it's got a red yeah. flame. It, it looks okay. It looks it's unique. It's a little different. Uh, if this came out. I would be I, I, okay. I'll just say I'm. I'm. This is better. This is better. The Face It one. I found it. The Face It London one is better than the um, than the PGL one. I had to quote tweet um, Colin McNeil, and I didn't even say anything. I didn't even say anything. Uh, I don't know if you guys. If, yeah, if you guys saw, if you guys saw my tweet, uh, I think seven hours ago. I'll put it in the Twitch chat. Actually, what my what my quote tweet was. I didn't even write a word. I didn't even write a word. Just this, a dot. But this comment by Colin McNeil, I just like, it's just like Magic, <laughs> if Magic Johnson were part of the CSGO space, I don't know any, if anybody knows what his Twitter is like, but Magic Johnson always just says the most like obvious things in, this, in the NBA space where he's like, LeBron just joined the Lakers. This should give them a huge <laughs> boost in terms of their chances of winning a championship. It's just like, thanks Colin McNeil for telling us all. That the trophy has a gun, a deagle, nades, and a karambit on it. Like, I have it on. Yeah, I have it on stream. This is this is actually like, ridiculous. I, this is actually I went, absurd. I went back and looked at like the the PGL Krakow trophy. So I was like, I wonder what they did back then. It was just like a giant actual fucking trophy. Like, what happens? Like the Krakow one. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, Krakow was just like a giant actual trophy. Like, why did we go to this? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, there's like something. Something with this major just feels like a lot of last minute stuff in general um yeah Which is, you know that what? doesn't make any sense though because it's like trophy. if it's last minute why the fuck do you go through the effort of putting all that shit on a trophy instead of just like oh, well we got to get a trophy just something big and silver it'll be great like that's Actually, all you have to do you know how hltv shows the trophies on team on people's pages when they win them uh i'm i'm just gonna i'm scrolling through simple's like trophy cabinet on there now and it's just this is the ugliest there's not a single they don't even actually on on hltv they didn't even put the trophy you guys just put the logo of uh, the so, major. so it has to actually be like edited by our graphics okay. guy so it'll go up there eventually this is just temporary okay okay every other trophy on simple's collection is so much more impactful whether they're cups or like nice little like plaque plaque kind of things even, or the plus even the blast trophies are better, even though it's like I was, the blast logo. It's still better, I think. Yeah, it's more impactful. I don't remember where I saw it, but I was trying to find a specific tweet that made fun of this trophy, but I cannot find it. <laughs> it was pretty fantastic. I did there. have a, a straight up. I, I should have clipped this from my other. It was the second day post major stream I did, and I actually did trophy analysis, so I can sort of do the same thing. I think okay, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The, you go through this right, and the, first of all, at least from this angle, and I'm pretty sure this is true with all the others. They're not even lined up. Like this doesn't even look like there's straight lines. If you look at like the bottom of the the all the lettering, that that's fucked. Uh, you why have you got the Molotov to be like three or four times bigger than the other pieces of utility, including being bigger than what I assume 
assume is a deagle, but I can't tell. A, yeah. Yeah. I think and, it's a deagle. Yeah. And then they have like one of the most overrated knives in the whole game. Just sort of like, you can't even <laughs> see the tip of it, right? You can't even see the tip of it because it's obscured by the G, at least from this angle. Why? There was, Why? there was a major, I think it was Colum MLG Columbus had a trophy that was like four karambits and it looks sick. Well, it looks was sick, dude. It was a really good trophy and it was using the karambit. So I don't, I don't have anything against the karambit. The, I just think the, this yeah. PGL one is like, why is it slanted? There's why is zero it composition, like dude. There's zero composition. There's almost no thought. It feels like actually into the orientation and the organization of all of these elements. Like how, why do they stack up like that? Why is the HE smaller than the smoke, smaller than I the event organizer just like told us, <laughs> just like told his friend that does like a bit of graphic designing. Yeah. Like, all right, here's what I need. It's got a PGL yeah. on it. It's got to have CSGO stuff on it. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking go wild, bro. Go, oh, go. Play like, you know what would have been like three games of Counter Strike? What, what would have been really interesting and nice is instead of all this stuff, I don't even, I really don't even like that it's PGL and these are like, that's the foundation of the trophy. Cause I feel like maybe you, you don't want to make it your literal lettering. But even if you wanted to do that, like keep the whole front of it solid and then like have a, a, a spot where it, it's like when it's brought out, it shows that it's like, like potential team logo or something, like some spot where there's like f there and then you engrave it with the winner. Like that would have been way sicker than this. I mean, like this is just ridiculous. Or maybe you engrave something related to Stockholm, something related to the venue. Like, give me something more memorable. Give me something more memorable. The best, the best CS:GO trophy is still like the the ESL, the Cologne, just the giant cup. The Cologne yes. giant cup one. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I even think, I even think, even though it broke on stage, I think that the what the Berlin the, one, the most star, the Berlin Star Ladder Major trophy yeah. was a pretty epic until it broke. Like honestly, mm -hmm. if it didn't break. And yeah, it kind of in a way immortalized the moment in a cool way. You know, it, it's I mean, obviously, it's not the best look to have a trophy break on stage, but it's it was cool that how how like how lofty they they made that, you know, they made I gotta, it they I really a chatter. Listen, how, how I know the cup is not original, but it doesn't have to be original. The trophy It doesn't okay? have it has to, be. to be it has to be a trophy. You not, don't want to reinvent the trophy every time. I don't even care if you do, but just do better than this. Come on, PGL, bro. Like, PGL your production was disappointing, them? but this, I mean, Simple could have lifted this with his pinky finger. It's fucking <laughs> tiny. <laughs> how many how many PGL Stockholm trophies would fit inside an ESL1 Cologne trophy? At least two. Four. Okay. Three, three, yeah. maybe three, maybe, maybe three. three or four. Or no, yeah, I want you to pull this tweet up okay, with, the, with the image, with Pross image above it, because this made me laugh so hard. Let's see. Live, <laughs> live production. The... Someone's shouting out the Flashpoint AK. I think the Flashpoint AK was awesome. I think the Flashpoint first AK one was, was awesome, nice. chrome red, dude. It was full size. Like putting that in my hands felt hefty. It was like, wow, this is like a gun. You know, this is a gun in my hands. This is a sick. Yeah, because it wasn't plastic, was it? It was like, like it had weight to it, didn't it? It was like weighted yeah. and in chrome finish on top of it. It just looked yeah. so good. You know, Flashpoint ones was the best. I think two, they tried doing some kind of like art, some weird art vibe on it, like kind of almost like. Uh, I want to. I don't. It's like origami or something. No, it was. Or like is that the first one? Straight, no, the first one was just chrome red. The second oh, one okay, had this yeah. weird kind of like graffiti-ish yes. kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. But it, like honestly, I didn't like that artist at all. Uh, to be honest. But then the third one was. I think they kind of went back to a simple chrome thing, and it was good again. So, you know what? Yeah. What could be sick now that I'm thinking about it? Since we're talking about like AK trophies and stuff, which I thought was a really cool concept, is if you make the trophy an AK, but then you give like the MVP award as a Deagle or something, like that could be pretty. Yes, cool, you know? that'd a be little good. like statuette almost, like you could put in. That'd front be of really it. good. That would be awesome. Okay. Just think, 
there's yeah. so much time to design trophies like this. I think like PGL knew they were having this major for so long that this At is there's no months. way that this is the best yeah. design they could have come up with in that time. I know, I know, man. It's just it's just kind of a big question mark on who's overseeing these things. Um, okay, we're about we're a little bit over an hour into the stream. Let's do let's do some of the the questions from from chat and from uh, the patrons that we've got, and then I we'll get I posted into... those in the group chat. So if you want to go grab them, all right, yeah, I see him, I see him. So how about this? So anybody that's right. subscribed in chat will answer your questions, uh, but if you're if you're a sub in chat, you get a, you get to ask a question. So if you're not sub it, go for it. Hit the hit the damn sub. Use your Twitch Prime, whatever it is. <laughs> Um, but for, we'll, we'll do the patrons first and whoever is, uh, whoever asked a question by the time we're done with these two questions, we will do yours. So the first one comes from Adam, who is a patron donator. He says, with the release of Blame F and some Astralis players' futures and questions, what would your ideal all or mostly Danish lineup be possibly featuring these players? So the thing is with this, with this question is I think he asked this before Blame F joined Astralis, yes. but we can still put together a, an ideal Danish lineup because I don't think there's one in existence right now which would fit our, you know, our ideal. So I would I would go well, okay, if you start okay, how about this? How about this? Mix, mix, how would you how would you construct yours? Mm, so am I able to use device or is that also thinking right now minus lucky plus device. Yeah. <laughs> like they're blowing up config roster oh minus lucky plus device. Really? Listen. That simple. Is that simple for you? I don't yes. need device. Okay, what we're gonna do, all right? Fuck device, all right? We're gonna bring back a guy, bag into a Danish-speaking lineup where he thrives, and it is gonna be sick, all right? Everyone's given up on this guy. They're like, fuck this guy. He doesn't. He doesn't deserve to Yugi? be on a top ten team. No, not Yugi. Jesus, <laughs> come on. Okay, let's be serious for a second, all right? So, okay, we're gonna take a core off Mouse, which is gonna be good for Mouse as well. All right. Okay. They're gonna get their guy in. And Acor is going to go to Astralis, and he's going to be their opper. He's going to go back to Danish speaking. He's going to be playing with Glaive. I think he'll be a good fit. I think he'd be a, a great fit with Glaive and Astralis. And I mean genuine about this. I think Acor would play so much more like he did in Mad Lions and just overall better in, in a lineup like this compared to where Mouse is at the moment. It can't be worse. It can't be and worse. I, and, I, and so, because there's not really that many Danish ops that like are just up and coming or anything, right? Like, Device is on Nip, so I'm not going to use him. Farlig, mm -hmm. eh, I Farley's you take Farley over Acor. No, I take I take Acor over Farley. I'm sorry. I'm taking Acor. I'm taking Acor over Farley. I think Acor will play better on Astralis. Acor to me has the same like Draken tendency of the 30 degree opwiths. Honestly, mm. every time I watch him, he misses a lot of sitters, and then he'll hit some ridiculous flicks. I'm just like, what is the point in this anymore? Since but I get Farley to Acor, I get to I don't construct. Wait, what is this? I get to construct an ideal. All Danish, Danish all Danish lineup. lineup. All Danish lineup. See, he, the problem is he hasn't specified he actually wants I, it to be a competitive lineup, which is obviously would have invalidated Mix's selection immediately. <laughs> okay, but, sure. I'm your favorite. You're ideal. You're fast. My, it's insane. I want, I want a return of tactical Counter-Strike at the top level. I need the biggest brains Danish Counter-Strike has ever produced. I know where this I am going. I am going to go oh, Glaive, 
right? Oh. Star top number one IGL, oh. like probably the biggest brain guy ever, right? I'm gonna get Magus. He's gonna be our secondary caller. He's obviously done a little bit of IGLing himself. We're gonna bring in MSL for his notable <laughs> tacticians Hopping. and his strategy Hopping. and the fact that he can put in his, his system put together, right? And his obviously he's gonna be our primary opper who's just gonna play <laughs> the device. winning opper. Yep, absolutely. Yep. I mean, these are some pretty good accolades. Then we need Kerrigan. He's gonna be our hype man, our hard entry. He's gonna make sure that he can call himself into a site and then call his teammates to trade him after he doesn't get a kill. And then who's the fifth one? I know you guys are all asking who the fifth one is, but if you can, if you can see what I see, if you can see through my eyes for a change, uh, it's obviously, it's just gotta be Kadian. I mean, Kadian himself, he could do our double secondary op. opping, you know, that's a double, double op, op setup, CT side, lock it down and coach Hunden. All right, GG. Okay. Okay. My, my idea. I hit it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over to yeah. <laughs> All right, that's the last time you're the guest on the podcast. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I, had to do, um, I had to make hay while the my, sun was out. You know what I'm saying? My my ideal lineup, my ideal lineup would be um, Kerrigan, Config, Stown, Shush, and I'm not sure who my last player. Uh, I think it'd just be Device. Yeah, if I'm because I'm being honest, because I'm being real about it. I think that's the best five you can put together right now. Uh, well, let me see. Wait, Kerrigan, Config, Stown, Shush. And what, who was my fourth device? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I love Kerrigan, but like in an all Danish lineup, I'm still going with Glaive or Kerrigan. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Who Wait, you wasn't this question about Blame F initially? Like, wasn't he like, coach hey guys, Blame. you should put Blame F? And then we're just like, yeah, forget about that. No, no, I wouldn't even put it. Well, if I made an ideal yeah, lineup, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that you don't really want someone as selfish as Blame F on it because his T siding is a little weird and it doesn't seem always constructive the way he plays. But I, I basically, like, Shush would be kind of be my like lurk kind of guy because he does that on heroic a lot and he is just like well refresh and shush are kind of like extremity lurk dude sometimes and i think that shush just does such a like he's so reliable to me shush is like he's he base shush is a better zipnix to me right now because i think zipnix has kind of fallen off like when's the last time you guys saw zipnix clutch really be honest with yourself like it's been a while like it used to be like oh does he have it does he have it and like i've been saying that for five months now and haven't seen like more than one clutch so i I think Shush has won more clutches to me recently, and Zipnix, he's past his expiration date. Get him out of there. The best support player in Denmark right now is Shush. It's a real shame that you think that Zipnix has passed his expiration date because Astralis re-signed him until 2025, so tough. That's a mistake. I will yeah. say, I will say, listen, if I can make one change to this lineup, I'm taking out Zipnix. I'm not adding Shush, actually. I'm going to go more personal bias. I'm going to add Yeah, because mm. he's, he's, he's had a rough few months. And I do think as like a role player in that type of role, He's like one of the absolute best in the fucking world. It's not even close. So okay, okay. And he make it past a three month period on the lineup, though. Hell yeah, <laughs> I think he would. Yeah. Hey, he is Maybe. about as unlucky as complexity. Where I feel like yeah, that's, okay. a, that's a three Absolutely. month tag. Yeah, that's a three month tag. Well, me uh, and that's okay. like a very similar path. So we were both on the Colossus, and then it died, and then we went to a team for like a month, and then it died. It died, and then it got to and... taken over by Brazilians. That might happen to S Attack's team. Actually. <laughs> it already did. Yeah, uh, Cold Zero, yeah. the only one left. Yeah, that's actually really good. Really <laughs> yeah. good storytelling. Actually, yeah, two of your roster, like you and him, both got taken over by Brazilians. Actually, all right, let's go to to, to First Sock's question. Um, First Sock says, now that Maui's out of the game, who is the hottest pro slash semi pro? in the tier two NA space. Obviously the first part's a joke. Uh, I'm blushing, but who's the hottest pro slash semi-pro in the tier like two hot NA or like yeah, I'm, a good. Little, I'm not sure if he means hot as, let's do both. Who's the most okay. attractive? Uh, let, me, let me go look for who the most attractive is. I've, give me some time. Yeah, yeah so it'll take a second. 
Yeah. Somewhat, the somewhat related. The hottest up-and-comer is, is Cynic. That's just my, my choice. I think, A, he's like a really hard worker. He's in a fuck ton of roles. He's going to be really fucking good. And yeah, I think any of like these top NA teams like Liquid or EG should honestly look at signing this guy. But well, it depends on like the roles, obviously. But to me, Cynic, in terms of like best playing and like hottest up and comer that I think is definitely going to be a top player in the scene, I think Cynic, uh, just based on how I see him play in the scenes I hear. People saying Swisher in chat. Swisher is good. Swisher is pretty good. I don't think he has like the hard carry hot potential right now. Like, Swisher will be basically for any team a really solid support piece. Like you wouldn't even want him to be your first star or second star, but he could maybe be like your fourth best player or third best player on a team that could be top thirty. I'd say I think that's fair. Um, I I think that for hot for like hottest most attractive, just looking at player name, uh, player stuff. I think Junior is pretty was, darn attractive. Yeah, I think Junior as well. I love Junior's hair. Personally, yep. like he's got great hair, uh, so I think Junior could kind of pull wherever he goes. I bet he was pulling when he I think, was in Brazil. I think, I think yeah. DJ's got a nice look. Uh, DJ's DJ? got like a nice, like a nice look going for him. Overall. Obviously, OC is like the number one pick, but I think we all knew that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's like just be on that. Fang has like really good style. Fang has like good style. Fang's got great style. Fang has great style. Fang. Fang actually looks like he could live in New Jersey, wear a wife beater, his gold chain, and just could, somehow yeah. like make anything look like he could just walk around in the no local neighborhood, and he would just get girlfriends by walking. Like literally, he seems so. like he's like the type that like <laughs> he's like a New Yorker. Like I imagine like a New Yorker just have like arguments and teams where like everyone thinks it's like really heated, except for like the New Yorker, where he's just like yeah. yelling at people, and he's just like, "What? This is just just how you talk." Yeah. I'm walking here. <laughs> Fang kind of looks like I'm walking here, even though he's from Canada. He's like literally from Canada, though. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah. Okay. I think. Did we do that? Do we? Did we do that question justice? Do we need a little? I'll just yeah, shout out Floppy, but I won't say why. He also has an MVP, and he's making. Fang, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Fang MVP? Fang, Fang, yeah. You know he's making. You know, Floppy. You know, I will say. On land, though. I gotta shout out a glow up within the NA scene in terms of looks. Grim has. Grim has oh, really glowed up. Oh, absolutely. Grim, oh, Grim has very much up. evolved. Grim did glow up. Grim is so hot. His Dude, Grim's, like, Grim's yeah, little beard is perfect. It, it, fits, it fits his yeah, face his, so his well, actually. His beard fits him very well. I think if Fallen yeah. rubbed off on him somewhere, it's the beard. He, he copied so that. He copied the beard from Fallen. Actually. Surprised nobody's brought up twists. I think we were more thinking, like... That's oh, a good, wasn't that's a good it up, was it up and cover, like or did I miss that? Well, I was like... He did say up and cover. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He said two tier two. Yeah, he yeah. did say tier two to be fair. But twist, so the fact that we said Grim at all is kind of yeah, rude, true, true. Honestly. The fact that we said Grim OC and Fang was kind of whatever. Yeah, it's kind of messed up, guys. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. all right. Um, okay, people come okay. here for these important yeah, discussions. This is an important player yeah, hotness in tier two. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. C9 based on my insider info. That's that's a hundred percent happening. Jeez, you're not supposed to answer people if they're not. Oh, it's okay. I'm not supposed to leak that Stewie is a hundred percent rejoining C9. It's fine. It's totally fine that he's. Uh, that I he did post the only sub question we had uh, in the chat here. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. Bill. What was the sub question? Bill. Bill said because he's a sub. Bill nine two one gets a shout out. How many more tournaments does Navi have to win to get an era? I feel like it already is the Navi. I honestly person. feel like we're in the middle yeah. of it right now. I guess if it? they completely bomb out every other tournament, we might see them say like, "Oh, it's kind of like liquid." As long, 
But nah. as long as Navi wins like one more tournament for the year, I think they've pretty much like locked that down. Well, well, maybe the they year... need more lands, like more arena lands. Maybe that's the only argument mm -hmm. you could make. Is like some of this, this uh, era okay. is still from online, right? Okay, I don't so think they crumble more... in an arena though. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think they do either. I... So there are three more big events for the rest of the year. There is the Blast Fall Finals. There is IEM Winter 2021, and there is the Blast World Finals. Despite the fact that. I am working the We Play Academy League. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. It's not on that level. No, well, Navi's count. not going to that tournament. Navi so. isn't at IM Winter though. Oh, okay. So they have two chances to win. Maybe one more thing. It would be like, <clears throat> so if they won none of those and they came in, let's say they didn't even come top two. What if they were in the top just four of those? Do you think that's a like? Do you think it's still their era? Do you think they can continue their era when the year starts up again? Yeah, I think they could. Like, yeah, I think it still counts. I know, it's hard. It's hard to like say because it's like, especially when you're like this moment in time, right? Is that like they like built up the foundation for it to like be con for it to be considered it? But you still mm -hmm. have to like fall through and finish. And I think even if they don't win necessarily like the next major, it could still be their thing. But you never know. Like they could just go to the next few events and just like completely bomb out of groups or something. Like it probably won't happen. But until they actually show up and you know perform and win the events, then you kind of have to say that they're pretty much already there, like almost there. Yeah, I think from winning Cologne to winning Pro League to winning this, it's pretty hard yeah. to say that they're not like it's not their era at the moment. Um, yeah, for sure. And especially even coming in top the... four at the next two, like people, yeah. if they come top four at the next two boss events, people would just talk it up to, oh, they're taking it easy after winning the major. I think if they consistently start not placing first over the period of like three, four months, then we can start talking about how it may longer no longer be the era but i don't think it's it's something that we're going to see for a while mm, okay unless simple just decides to take a break which he is disputed on the uh in an interview with striker yeah he already dismissed that so he, yes. simple's going to keep going i think well yeah i think we're in the middle of the navi era i think this is like month seven of it month six of it maybe uh, just given that the Grand Slam, they completed the Grand Slam two months ago, almost to the day, two months ago. And before that, they had won, well, Cologne or no, wait, they actually completed it. Yeah, they completed at Pro League two months ago. They won Cologne four months ago. They won, well, I, the RMR, I guess uh, that doesn't count. No, I don't think it counts. Uh, it's a bit, I think it's just a bit weird. It would always it would already be considered a major if it wasn't for the fact that like some of these events have been like some of the Grand Slam events were like online. Yeah. Like, I think the if they finals, like, I, I almost yeah. think that like they like regardless, it still is like their era because they did win like the Grand Slam and the fucking major. So it's like Yeah, it's, I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. Because also also they won the global final at the very beginning of the year too, which was the biggest one of the three, four biggest tournaments of the year. Yeah. So that's like they've had a really complete twenty twenty one. Like they've basically been on eleventh month of being a top three team. Straight. I think the, I think the second half of twenty twenty one especially like solidifies. Yes, it. exactly. The only yeah. argument you can make against Navi having an era already is basically if you just want to wipe out all online play entirely and say we'll start from here and here being the land even return if, of lands. But so even if you do that, you have the whole like uh, what was it Katowice last year. And then I don't really just, I don't know if I factor that in because they did fall off after Katowice a bit, right? This is the online then, like, play, yeah. Yeah, but the, it's kind of like if the logic is is don't yeah, count yeah. online stuff. Okay, well, they've sure. been good on LAN before LAN was like before LAN yeah. or before, before we had COVID, to move yeah. away from LAN and and after we had to bring LAN back or that we did bring LAN back. So 
They yes. have been super strong when the games have been big. Uh, we got one more. Oh, well, actually, let's let's answer the, answer the second part of this. For Bill, uh, he said, also, thoughts on Blade as a coach? Big turnaround. I like Blade as a coach. Implemented a successful a system. Job. Yeah. Like, he, he yes. did, he, go, he went away, and he figured out where his system was outdated or not up to snuff, and he was able to turn it around, which I think is huge credit to him. Like, maybe you can actually talk about him being coach of the year over somebody like Xtaz or somebody like Zonic historically. Like, you know, one of the most impactful coaches in CS, most likely. Hmm. I think he is. Uh... Probably one of the top, like, I kind of like a, a top, like, echelon tier, I guess, where it's, like, Zonic, X-Taz. Um, yeah. I probably can put Malik up there, too, in my personal opinion. And then Blade. I might be missing, like, some people, but... Um, yeah, I mean, Blade, like, I think has pretty much solidified himself, especially with the roster moves that he's made. That were... They weren't, like, the obvious moves to make, like, you know, someone just going after, like, Team Spirit players or something, but, you know, bringing in Perfecto and bringing in Bit and moving him over Flamey. Like, all these moves that, like, he needed to make, I think, were, were super good. I felt like, kind of, like, coming in, like, maybe even towards the start of this year, I feel like Blade almost got, like, a bit too much credit, like, at times. Especially because Navi hadn't really done much up until that point. And I felt I'd been, like, a bit disappointing. Um, but yeah. it's so weird. Like, Blade's been, like, very... Some people have been, like, very down on Blade. Some people very up on Blade. I felt most of the time that I felt he deserved a spot on Navi, but I wasn't sure if he was, like, making that rise to, like, the top tier of coaches. But I think he, he definitely has. I think, I think, yeah, go for it. I, I said, I was, all I was going to say is, is I want to credit both Blade and Navi's uh, psychologist or their, their sports psychologist, whoever's behind them, because he's very clearly, they're very clearly playing a part. I'm not sure who they are, but they, uh, the players have talked about them in interviews a couple of times. Blade's also mentioned working very closely with them. And it very clearly shows when Navi go into especially high pressure matches where they're always mentally in it they're not really they never seem to really be stressing super hard at all um even in situations that come down to the wire and i think that's like a massive credit to the combination of both blade and their sports psychologists like even in their match today they took i think three pauses in the first half of new cologne like it it, it was very consciously both probably to stop gt's momentum a bit but also just to give time to the players to to recollect on their own Mm-hmm. So I think to their their credit, they they work very well in their system together with their coach and psychologist. Yeah, I think we gave a lot of praise to Blade there. I think that he worked. I think I think what the biggest thing for me with Blade is that it really kind of wasn't working at the beginning. Yes, and then it seemed like from interviews and things, and even watching it, it's like a flip switch where they recognize like, okay, we can't implement entirely what you're thinking blade but we're going to meet you in the middle and i think whatever that middle is is what we're getting now from navi and it's obviously the best form of counter strike at the moment so props to him we got a couple other uh subs actually that asked some questions here so here's another one uh blender of death asked everyone keeps suggesting that rops is on the way out of Mao's. if so do we think frozen in bemis stay if so who comes in or leaves if so where well if if Rops leaves, I mean, I don't think that Frozen and Bemis have really a, too much of a choice on this matter. But if mm-hmm. you're saying like who could replace Rops, the answer simply is is nobody pound for pound. Uh, but if you really like want somebody, you you kind of have to go digging a little bit now. Like I I wouldn't be surprised if Mao's want to take somebody from their academy team to to implement. Like JDC is the JDC. most uh, clear replacement he kind of even plays 
some like not as much star roles as Rops. Like Rops gets to do a lot of what he wants, but JDC would just slot in and be a great team player immediately. Um, if you wanted someone more regret, like if they took out Frozen and, and Bemis, like the replacements when, there, are, yeah, also on the academy team. When the time comes for Mao's, like they're gonna have to pretty much reinvent whatever their identity is at the moment. I think. Yeah. Um, so Rops like is like them. such a. Perhaps that's like such a huge part of it that if he does go whenever his contract is up or whatever the fuck's gonna happen, that I do think that you're gonna need to reevaluate a like the rest of your roster as well and who you want to keep because generally when someone like Rops leaves, you can't just like slot in like another fifth and expect to get good results. Like you have to like make like a change, so you got to change out at least one or two other people and like completely like reinvent what you've been doing. Um, at least that's my opinion for what Malice is gonna have to do when when the time comes. I don't think there's gonna be like a you're not going to find any like one for one replacement. You're not yep. going to find like any like clear cut replacements that like let you just keep working in like the same direction. Once Rob leaves, I think you're going to have to like kind of hit the reset button and think about Mouse is going to have to think about where they want to go from there like as a team. Yeah, Mouse basically like. Yeah, Mouse need uh, a basically a total rebuild it feels like. Um I don't think Acor can be a part of that in the future. The problem is they can't even hire a graphic designer, so obviously they can't. They don't have the caps, you know, to splash. <laughs> They clearly don't. <laughs> However, if you sell Rops for actual money instead of waiting for his contract to go up where you lose your franchise player for zero cash, uh, then maybe they will actually be able to hire some people and we can get back to the old Mouse Sports logo. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, I have a question that sort of ties in. Go ahead. But where do you where would you guys like to see Rops if he was to go to another team right now? Just like a one-to-one replacement on a team. Just has to be Phase Olaf. Phase yeah. Olaf for me. It just like that's that's the one. Uh I would also not mind the thing is that they're speaking in swedish but i would obviously for nip for their sake want linus or plopsky out for rops yeah but that's just like a move on paper but not actually in terms of uh the comms of the the roster i haven't studied og's demos on ct side but i feel like rops could actually swap out for nico because i think by, by the way spoiler i don't think nico's staying in that lineup um just because of all the shit that's happened like I, his head well, can't be no, in the game right to me rops is more of a valde replacement than a nico could, replacement. It, so that play, could be they, true they, yeah they play the scene is is that, that i think is lost in some people um or can just be lost in general like on a team right is that some people might play like similar spots or they might play like similar like, rotators or anchors shit like that yes, yeah. and they could be like replacements for each other but there's also like the fact of like what like mindset does each player have and like how how centered do they want the team to be around them and like be mm -hmm. free to like make their choices and just like just like their personalities in general, right? So it's like Rops could probably replace Nico and do like a a decent job, but also at the same time, OG has to consider like the ripples of create in terms of like how's Valde gonna feel about that? Like how's Valde gonna have to like change up how he's been playing? From what you've seen, would you would you agree that OG that uh, Valde works well with low resources? Because I feel like Rops probably doesn't need yeah. a lot to succeed himself, and I also think Valde doesn't I think, need, yeah. need that much either. Yeah, I think I think that'd be a good move. Like Rops replace Nico and like kind of replace Valde as like what's supposed to be like one of the thirds, like one of the three yeah. stars of the team. Swap almost. them out almost, right? Yeah. I've seen yeah. I've seen Valde play a handful of different spots for OG over no, there. Valde can definitely time. play like a ton of spots. Yeah. Um, he's like yeah. definitely super versatile. I'm just not sure of like his mindset and like how much he wants to be like a focal point, like center, like you know, like star of the team. Like how how much does he want to dictate what the team's doing? And that can and how much someone wants to do that can really dictate like how your role changes from like team to team. Yeah. They um, don't have the money anyway, so it kind of does, does feel like a moot point. But I just figured I'd shout out OG because I feel like that kind of roster, I mean the other thing is I don't only, even think Alexi B stays on that lineup either. So they're they're gonna be in a weird spot too. The only like, thing I just I, think that, I, Go ahead, Tom. I, 
I, I dislike I dislike Rops going to OG because I just feel like that's kind of a lateral move for yes. Rops where he doesn't get on a, a roster that's like that much better. Like I just think like even though the, their ranking is twelve and fifteen, like we've seen Mao's with higher peaks in the last year. We've seen OG with higher peaks. Like it, they both kind of feel like tumultuous rosters that never can maintain any sort of or semblance think, of stability. And yeah, Rops people want to see Rops on a team with money that is like yes able to build something with like the very top tier of Counter Strike without yeah. being. Without yeah. being, um, so what I'm looking for, you know, taken from them, which is what FaZe would be. And that's, and also another reason that I think FaZe is a good fit for Rops at the moment is FaZe really doesn't have like a super hard identity, I'd say, at the moment. Like they're kind of just doing whatever I think they could change in like a few different ways. And I think Rops would be a pretty good fit, even with Twist. What mm -hmm. if, uh, Rops replaced Grim on Liquid or something? Oh my god. Like, Actually, that would be it would, so sick, but it wouldn't like, work for Grim. No, I mean it no, wouldn't work because you would be out of the team. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> Rob's replacing Grim it wouldn't work for Liquid because mm -hmm. there just would be way too many. Like, unless maybe like Stewie's like actually like yeah, or like another. Well, Stewie Stewie and Fallen well. are the ones that are yeah. are like. There's like another question leading about Liquid options. after this. Um, I, I, yeah, so. I, I think they make two roster moves minimum on Liquid is the big thing. And honestly, I mean, you I want to move into Liquid. Well, let's just move into Liquid. Let's yeah. just yeah. maybe maybe yeah. not K asked already as a as a is sub. Liquid, yeah. Liquid rumors being true. Do they go full NA or something like plus Alexi plus Montu? Yeah. Well, um, I, I think I think it's more than the Liquid rumors being true. If, if we go back to the fantasy land of being ideal moves here, I think Elysia's time is done on this lineup. I think Elysia needs to go somewhere else mm. and re find a, a t spot to reinvent his career and really show that like why he's considered the NA chosen one because he's just been on what Liquid if, what forever. If liquid? He's been what on if liquid, liquid for is where he's going to reinvent himself, right? Listen, <laughs> there's a lot of different there's been a lot, of, been a lot of opportunities for that one, man. I don't know. There's a lot of what? different directions liquid yeah. looking can go. What if yeah. he reinvents yeah. himself in a different game? No, just kidding. And I was just, just saying, that's not that's, that's I was just saying that's like dark. so that's Stu and Fallen dark. are obviously like looking out, they're seeing what else is out there. Liquid more so than any other team, I'd say, even more so than like FaZe is at a point where their identity is like and like what they're going to be going forward, what they're going to be like going forward is very much like could be a thousand different things. Like Stewie's like looking out the door, Fallen's looking out the door. That's both their like IGLs, you know. Yeah. Um those are both the players that were I would say taking up the most space in terms of like the roles they're playing and like what other people were doing, especially some like, you know, Fallen obviously is the opera, but he wasn't really playing that well. Um, at least consistently. Stu's like doing I don't think Stu's necessarily been like a huge problem for Liquid, but he hasn't necessarily been playing like a star as well, and that kind of takes away from what Grimm's able to do. So Liquid more so than any other team in the scene, I think has the opportunity to like reinvent themselves and see what they can do. Whether that means but like you said, who knows what Elise wants to I, do? Maybe he does want to go play Valorant. Maybe he does want to go to like some like U teams can offer him a shit ton of money. But he could also be. And what I was gonna like allude to was like maybe eventually, I think if, sooner or later, Elise is gonna IGL, and he is he, going to. I, I almost don't feel like Elise can IGL because okay, really? I'll just say this. I'll say this because because so I watch. So I don't know if you guys watched Elise's interview with Richard Lewis, but that said a lot about Elise's character, mm -hmm. and it put him in my eyes in a very negative light. Like I had the utmost respect for Elise, but once I started finding out more and more of the inner workings of the teams, picked up on things more in interviews because I started just watching everything uh, that they put out. It just felt like Elise had this very like 2020 hindsight mentality for every bad thing that has gone on for Liquid for the last two, three years now. And it, it always felt like why he's always shirking away from any sort of ownership or responsibility with yes. what's going on with the team. And he was always like, I didn't think we should have kicked Nitro. I didn't think we should have kicked Adren the first time. I didn't think we should have picked up this player. It's like, 
why why can't you step up for what you believe in then and in these moments identify that you think things are wrong because the team has been Alicia's team for the past what five years like he needs to he needs to take this team by the horns and just like absolutely control all the movements if he wants to to succeed and that's why in a way it just feels like it's gone on long enough that Alicia has kind of hindsighted his way into shirking away from responsibility so much though that if he like putting himself in the IGL role would make sense because I think we all know he has a good mind for the game and that he should be able to do it but it seems like he'll never fully own up to anything and that's why I think that I think Thorin on the desk was actually kind of talking about the culture of Liquid at this major and he was talking about how like there's things going on like with the inner workings of just how like Elige is not actually putting his fur his like his best foot forward in every discussion and he's kind of like always letting other people take the lead and that's something that just has seriously rubbed me the wrong way as soon as i identified that in richard's interview i started trying to notice it and it's like yeah he's kind of critical of other people a lot of the time and doesn't really like always identify his own play and that like there were there were series where he didn't he hasn't played that well lately even at the blast showdown it was it was stewie that carried them through that showdown and it's kind of like elijah's not I think we've given Elige a pass for long enough. Yes. And I, I actually I think, would love to see him move to a new team. Yeah, I think A, so I think the last thing I almost want to see is just like this roster stick together and just keep doing whatever. Because I do think they're in like, I think Elige is like not, like you said, like he's not like fully invested or fully um, in the zone of like, like as a player, if you know what I mean. Like he's not really sure what he is or like what's um, really like confident in, the, in terms of his own abilities. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> Elish can, Elish could like, I want to see, I'm like stuttering so much, but Elish can do like so many different things, because I'm just trying to think of everything, and like, I, from like, IGLing, and like you said, like, that could be bad, because he could, like you said, like, not take ownership of anything, like, not, not take ownership of everything, mm-hmm. um, they could also change him if he did do it, maybe he starts, maybe his mindset's a bit different, maybe he's like reacting to things differently, if he is like the actual leader of the team in every way, um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't really know what position Liquid needs to go. Um, but I definitely think that a lot of people need to go like to different things. Like, you yeah. know, if like Stu and Fallen were gonna stay, I'd say, well, maybe we should maybe Elise should just go somewhere else, and then you're just trying to elevate Grim from there, right? Or, you know, just things like this. Like, right? someone. Yeah. I think more than anything, and this is almost something that like kind of like realizing in my head now is that I want to see Elise away from Fallen and Stu, and I want to see like Fallen and Stu away from Elise at this point, especially Stu and Elise. I think. I want to see those two do do different things. Yep. Yeah, I feel uh, like the biggest yeah. deal for Elige specifically is that like he's he has just had way so like so much time. I, I don't know if this is like an unpopular take, but when I look back at the liquid that ran super far down and like they actually did have that almost era and then they ended up not making it very far at the major because Astralis were able to anti-strat them on Vertigo. If, if people can cast their mind back to 2019 when they made that run, um, I honestly, I, I wonder real legitimately if that is just some of like the most, like the, the heights that you can get to in the, the best honeymoon period of all time, because that roster afterwards felt like it was just ego clash after ego clash after personal conflict. And I, it's something you can't really quantify without knowing some stories behind the scenes that maybe we're not really, you know, privy to, we shouldn't be sharing obviously, but it, it does feel like there's a, a story that hasn't been told about why that summer run was shortened was cut short and why it didn't ever get back to that height afterwards that I feel like is probably a pretty big, you know, you could say a black box for this liquid lineup. So yeah, I, I, I feel I like people, 
if people want to like really see some stuff about Elijah's body language, like I, I know some insider stuff kind of about the workings of this team, and I've heard some stuff. But like one thing that is for public consumption is you go go to the Blast Fall Showdown Day Five between VP and Liquid, and Stewie pulls off this crazy ace. Right, he has that crazy uh, at truck. He like has this insane ace that is like mind-blowing like it's like holy shit like stewie should never do that every single person is super hyped and and the liege has no reaction at all in the player cam and i'm just like dude what what is going on like why well, does he not this even, care i this even kinda, care? i don't i don't know how big of like i don't know i'm like i'm ten, like i don't want to like overlook too much into that because just as how like some people are you know like they'd rather center themselves during things like that i guess um because just how like they work most yeah, but like this does this does kind of like this because this is something that's been constant over time. Like whenever I go back and I see that like simple one v two clip from Cologne twenty sixteen, you know, obviously yeah. the one where he like jumps down those jumps the down. guy. Like everyone on Liquid is freaking out, and like Elijah's just still like sitting there, just like I can't believe that just happened. And then yeah, he just, like, he just has like a slight smirk on his face, but he's in like the exact same pose. He's just like, wow, that's crazy. It's just like something happened in a scrim or something. Well, everyone else like Nitro's like, holy shit! Like he goes like jumping up like. And Alicia's like, wow, that was cool. <laughs> it, it feels like Alicia's emo emotions are so go, go so low, but his like positive emotions don't even get that high. And you know, for Cadian, like we were talking about him earlier, at least when it's positive, he brings the hype. You know, he yes. helps everybody out. And when things are negative, yeah, maybe that hurts him too because he has this huge emotional scale like spectrum that he can be on. Uh, but with Alicia, like I kind of want someone that has a wide spectrum as opposed to like a a very tight spectrum that's just on the lower end. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the peaks and is valleys like, can so centered. Your... Yeah. He has like no emotion ever, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, if we're gonna talk about what happens if Alicia does go off and reinvent himself, or no matter what happens, apparently Stewie and Fallen were linked in that Rushby Media article saying they are obviously evaluating their options. I think as far as an IGL goes, I would like to see Alexi B jump ship from OG. I don't think they've actually given him a reason to stay in that lineup. It's been a long time and they haven't been able to do much. They challenged for one or two grand finals, but challenged loosely. I think it was like a 3-0 to phase and not a very convincing scoreline to whoever else they faced. So I just feel like at this point that the failing to qualify for the major is the death knell for that particular lineup. Alex B, go back to the glory days. Go back to when you were contesting for Alex at the time from Vitality and later Cloud9. Go back to when you were contesting for maybe even Kerrigan or somebody like that in terms of who, how much stock people have at that time in you as an IGL. And yeah. we haven't seen much success from him in OG, but I still think if, if, if he's got the championship mentality, he thinks he can do it. Come to NA. My I'd love to see Alex B on Liquid. That would be a very interesting move, actually. It would be really cool to see them get some new direction. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he brings it. I think he's not just like he obviously has his own highlight rounds or maps sometimes, but he does have a system. Like the guy knows what he wants to do, just like Alex did, just like you could say Kerrigan does, although maybe people are less con convinced from Kerrigan lately. But, you know, that's I, a, a legit shout, I think, if they grab him, they can, if the other players buy in, which is another reason why I think Ali should go, is because I don't know that he will. I don't know how half hearted he'll be in the six, in the attempt to implement whatever Alexa B wants. But that's a, that's a move that I think could set them straight anyway. Uh, I, I need Alexi B to clash with somebody, honestly, because he's been calling the same style since he, for th the three years now. And I actually pointed this out when I was casting Something. them recently. Like, you'll you'll see that he just doesn't allow his team to lurk. Like, mm. he doesn't allow anybody to lurk on his teams ever. And so people will just re-aggress into areas that OG left, and there's no punish. Like, they never punish re-aggression. 
I, I need someone to tell him that need that needs to change. Like you can't. Something keep that plays him. into this is that something that OG has gotten basically zero shit for is keeping their coach, who also got banned for cheating. Yep. Oh um, yeah. Like the entire then, time, the entire yeah. time, so they have they never got a new coach. They never. He was just like an analyst, so he's just doing like the exact same shit. And I imagine that's because Alexi B is comfortable with him and likes working with him. And that also plays into what you said that he's not being challenged enough to like do new things or like change it up. Like. I think that probably yeah. is something. Get that somebody new. Get a second it. voice. I want. I want him to battle with somebody like not not maybe not Fallen right now, but like someone like Stewie, dude. If him and Stewie, if Alexi and Stewie, oh, Stewie and like, Alexi could be a deathly combo yeah. if they actually got along. Exactly. I would love to see them try to like you know clash ideas and then try to come up with the best system possible between the two dude, of them. Even if it was something like Stewie replacing like Nico on OG or some shit, like oh yeah, that could do yeah. it. I think yeah. Yeah. if if he I does do decide Stewie, to stay. I do think Stewie and Alexi would be a good match for each other in like a in like a weird way. Yeah, yeah. Do we want to uh, move on to some of the reported roster yes. mania? Because yes. I just saw Chris J replacing Fallen as IGL and Op as a suggestion, and I was like, okay, all right, <laughs> let's move on. Let's <laughs> like move on from the Up next, yeah, yeah. Let's let's, next. let's just talk about what has been uh, official, officially officialized, officialized, and that is Vitality. Uh, Vitality, they have. Taken out um, their coach Xtaz, who was receiving a lot of praise. They took out Shocks, you know, one of the best players in the world for stretches, and has shown that he still has a lot of value as an individual. And then they took out the guy that I think everybody wanted to see gone, myself especially, and that's Kyojin. Um, I really rated Kyojin incredibly low because uh, I, I think that you know, for the first few months, it was like I'll give him a pass, but it's been it's been like five months now six months and he's not gotten any better in fact i've seen him regress in certain ways like yeah. on vert i don't know like i don't i don't love when uh, i ever watch him play yeah it surprised like, me yeah oh, sorry, i was, I was just gonna, gonna i was just gonna cap it out that it's just like they added dupree magisk and sonic which is just yeah. crazy because you got an astral an astralis three-man core right there something that makes me like more optimistic about this move is that like something a move that i was almost like reminded of for some reason even though it's like not the same was like one of those moves where like Fnatic got back together in like 2015 or 2016 or something. And it was like, holy shit, it seems going to be like a super team. It's like a lot of names that you know getting together. I guess maybe like even like the original um, phase, like with Kerrigan, um, like the original like super team version, the one that lost. Yeah, to Nico, Nine. Guardian, Olaf Meister. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, but one thing that does make me way more optimistic about this move is the fact that they removed Shocks and not Masuta um, as like one of the other three, like one of the two to replace on the team. Masuda's you know, been good, though, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Masuda's progress has been really admirable. If a team... Like, there's definitely people that would do this, I think. Like, if a team had, like, a bad mindset that I... Over what I would call, like, a bad mindset, I could see a team saying, like, well, we should remove Masuda and Kyojin. We'll keep Shocks there, because he shocks, you know, for the experience to be great playing with Dupree and Magus. But I'm glad they didn't do that. They were like, let's keep, like, at least, like, one, like, actual, like, genuine young guy on the team in Masuda, which is always good for a team to have, I think. Um, and then, obviously, you'll have Apex and the pre and magisk and zywu and just yeah i'm super excited just to see this team play together see how they do like it's just super interesting in like every single way i feel like mm -hmm. no can you ask professor why his fantasy team is leaking into these reports like did he put this as his <laughs> fantasy team or no something? i just i just know he always tweets out his fantasy teams they're always funny he does like to tweet his yeah. fantasy team i just think it's, it's true, i yeah. think it's funny i mean this 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 is definitely a what the fuck roster move when it was announced like no way uh, are they gonna shock me completely yeah. totally caught me by surprise so on to one point though the last roster move that uh vitality did uh they did say that that would be their last all french speaking yes roster. So they oh. very much plan to move international 
even well, back this has been this has been the plans for a while. That was the plan yes, even when they, they exactly. originally got, when they originally got shocks, they were like, our next lineup's gonna be international. Then obviously like the pandemic happened, that throws everything into yes. a fucking a fucking yeah. like cycle. And right. obviously plans change. But obviously now they're actually doing it and it obviously is clear that like, you know, this is something they've wanted to do, maybe get their feet into for a while. And if you're gonna go international, this is the way to do it. Yeah, this is a, bringing this is a in statement, a yeah. blockbuster trio into your team with Zewu already. Like that is so you're you're assembling the perfect pieces, uh, and I just think it's like this is an international team I can 100 get behind from the get go. Like I think they will have success. Will they be able to contest Navi? I don't know. I think that'll take Here's, some time. For what? But you have the pieces for it at least. Yeah, I was gonna say like, um, as to like where someone. But Sunflower said, like, he doesn't see how the team can assume Zylu doesn't even speak enough English to answer. I do think he speaks, like, he speaks more English. English now. Yeah. His English is yeah. better than that one Freya clip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 A, like, there's a big difference between, like, calming just in your team and playing a game than, like, yeah. being on stage and having to answer a question in front of, like, a crowd in, like, a language that you're not super comfortable with. Like, it's just, it's, like, a lot different. Um, the HLTV interview was in French, maybe not. Uh, Lucas speaks French, so I'm pretty sure it was done in French and then translated to English. But um, that's usually for, for context, comfort, like Zewu, Yeah, yeah, that that happens pretty normally. But Zewu, Zewu, as far as I know, like from from what Striker and uh, and uh, Prof and Lucas have all said, that yeah. his English was perfectly I'm not, fine. I'm not it's even concerned not an issue. with I'm not even concerned with Zewu's English. I'm more concerned with a how Apex will call him English, um, and how that and how easily he'll be able to do that, especially like in the moment. So are we um, sure that it's Apex going to call, or is it going to be Magis? Because Magis I, I think did a lot of IGLing. Be. I think it has to be Apex calling, because if Apex I think it is should be. if he gives up the IGL role as soon as the Danish trio comes in, my only concern about this lineup, is it's not. I think the comms settle themselves over time. I'm thinking like six months down the line, is this going to fall apart? My concern there is that like you are literally bifurcating the whole team and saying, here's the Danish trio and here's the French yeah. trio. You know it's what like I mean? It's like everybody's got their side right exactly. now. Exactly. And I, I, they need to gel. I mean, I'm sure Apex is going to get along with these guys, like mm. the more, le you know, the legendary Astralis core. But like, is Masuda going to find common ground? Is Zywa going to be outgoing enough? Like, I'm sure they're going to work on this as like a team color building, sort of like building that cohesion. That's the main thing. If there's some sort of personality conflict later down the line, if Apex ever gives up the IGL role, that will be kind of like a sign of the end times for me. And we're obviously like prophesizing way far in, but I feel like if that happens before six months are up, um, you know, you're, you're kind of already starting to see the cracks form. So mm -hmm. I hope that doesn't happen because this is a really exciting move. And this could be big for obviously like the viewership angle and like all of the storylines and stuff, uh, big for the sport, big for the scene. I just think it's, it's, it is crazy. It is crazy. And I definitely like, nobody saw this one coming. I <laughs> I will say if in five months they don't come top four at any events, we're gonna we're gonna hear in an interview that they change IGLs. Like, probably, I bet it's gonna probably. like I don't I don't think right now they should start with Magis calling, but I think that it would only make sense because it's like because you're like you're saying how the how the team is kind of split down the middle there. You know, like what's what's Zonic gonna say to Magisk? Like, oh, you know what? Why don't we call more like we did on Astralis? And you know how to do that because you did it already for tournaments. So I also I, I'm excited for that, though. I want to see like them try different styles because like sure. the fallback plan for me with this team shouldn't be replace somebody. It should be, hey, let's just use this other style, which we know works and see if that yeah. we can okay, all make fair. that happen. And Zonic can I help. Or... I don't even mind that. I just hope like if they do tr swap IGLs at some point, they don't do the liquid and just, you know, ping pong it back and forth between them. 
if you're gonna swap it, just give it a real go. It. Yeah, give it an actual go. Yeah, I think uh, I think it just makes more sense to start with Apex A because that's the team yeah. they're coming into, and B mm-hmm. because I think the team has the potential to be better with Apex calling a Magus just as like a normal rifler than it does with like Magus calling an Apex yes. just playing like a rifler role. Like that's, that seems weird to me. I yes. think Magus has high has shown he can reach much higher highs as an individual than Apex, and so you want him to be freed up as much as possible. Yeah, Agreed. exactly. Yeah. And Apex hasn't been that in, in years, so I think his best abilities at the moment are as an IGL, and that's where, that's where I'd want to keep him at least. Ironically, mm-hmm. except at the major, where he did actually frag out a little bit. But yeah, yeah that was like the really one time, the you know? That was like yeah, his really swan good. song, so to speak, with this lineup. I mean, it's sad to yeah. see Shocks go, but he didn't... I guess he, you know, he's not going to be the one to to sort of revitalize his career this late, most likely. He was money in the clutch, and he was like a, this veteran player, but I think he needed to show... Vitality basically needed an upset over... Uh, Navi if they wanted to keep this lineup together and even then if, if they only fail in semis later you know it probably doesn't happen they they basically needed to win the major in order to keep this lineup and I don't I don't see that happening no, obviously it didn't happen um, I would I would say as far as Shox is concerned we don't know where he's going I biggest question to me because Shox might retire he's had a great career overall he won't. huge you know uh, he probably won't you're, you're right won't. Um, but, he did an know. interview with Louis, uh, like Louis Mira, saying that he wants to like break the age boundary for CS Fair and enough, be able yeah. to play when he's thirty-five or whatever. He wants to be able to consistently maintain. That's a that's a that's a Louis, bad signal, by the way, to to the Le Tonk, yes. to Le Tonk, Le, the RPK. Louis did that out. interview, and I think like two days later, this report dropped that he was gonna be cut or something. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that is I'm pretty funny. Timing. Yeah. So I mean, anyway, the um. The the biggest call that I have here is actually where does Extaz go? Because this guy doesn't speak English reportedly. He, the only reason he's dropped is because the Danish duo weren't going to come without having Zonic on the roster. Like he was a part of the package deal, right? So they have to drop Extaz because who's going to like secondary coach? Who's going to just basically be replaced? And obviously like that would be a dream coaching duo, by the way. If we if that was a, a thing where we had two coaches and like you had Zonic and Extaz, like two of the most ridiculously ac- like recipients of accolades but nobody's going to actually do that nobody's going to do the secondary coaching role just because they think they can lead a lineup to their own victory so that makes total sense but i actually don't know where he goes if he doesn't speak good english then he can only coach french lineups right so i wonder like i don't know i wonder if he actually surely his english is like better by now like how long ago did you know that because if their plan has been to go like a month ago but i I might be operating on old info yeah Yeah. i don't know because like if their plan has been to go international for a while and he's the guy that like makes the moves and I'm pretty sure that like even comes from like an interview with him. Like surely he would like work on his English a bit or something. Cause it's like, he surely knew like in the past like year or so that they weren't going to be speaking French forever. So yeah. yeah, yeah, you'd hope so. Okay. Let's go to, let's go to Astralis. So the team that obviously Dupree and Majisk and Zonic left, uh, Astralis are bringing in Config, Blamef and Ave. Uh, Ave had a, Ave was the coach of North for a while and they didn't yeah. really do it. Classic old school 1.6 player from my memory. Yeah, yeah, he's like kind of, they, you know. North, North tried to bring legend, in Ave but... to, be, to be like their Zonic. So it's kind yeah. of weird that like Ave is like replacing Zonic on Astralis now. Yeah. yeah. So and he wasn't really as good. So this this roster is actually like super underwhelming to me, which is, might shock some people because they obviously hmm. signed Blame F and Config. Um, before we get into the team, the players that they signed, look at who Astralis lost versus who they kept. 
Like this is this is actually something that I don't I haven't seen too many people talking about. Astralis kept Glaive, just become a father, very split priorities. Obviously looked money in in the few bright spots that they showed at the major, but we don't know how long he's going to be like how much focus he can dedicate to it. They've signed Zipix to a really long like what was it 3-4 year contract now uh, through 2025. He's obviously looked at like career lowest form, at least in this lineup. Uh, that, so that's crazy. And they lost Zonic. They lost Zonic, who is obviously like the last sort of, I mean, if, you wanna, if you're going to lose Dupree, you're going to lose Magisk. I hope you keep Zonic. We haven't seen Glaive succeed to the level that he has without the backing of Zonic, right? So we, there's so many unanswered questions now as to like how good Glaive is, can be. Can Zipix revive his career or at least be a serviceable support player to some extent? Can he be the glue guy, right? In the, the cool head under pressure, like the clutch minister that he was in the ages past, so to speak. But now we have so many other question marks. Is Config back after the hand injury? That's a huge question, right? He's not necessarily he money. He hasn't really played, right? Yeah. yeah. And and, I, and can Blame yeah. F work without calling a system around himself because he said that he's not going to give, he's not going to interfere with the calling of Glaive? Like, there are so many question marks here. That's actually crazy that the Vitality, v Vastral, or what was it, Astrality lineup that they've put together, like that <laughs> unified lineup it has less question marks for me anyway than this lineup from Astralis. Mm. I feel like this one's way less likely to succeed and we probably see them blow it up again in six months well it's like because i mean you know if you just all you have to do is like swap lucky and zywoo and you just have <laughs> opposite opinions instantly maybe I don't know, that's maybe. like that's that's the big weak point for the astral lineup for me still it's just i like config and blame i think that yes. next could be good still into the new year i'm still curious on like what their process was for who they were choosing who to resign and who was choosing who to go who was choosing who to stay like i don't know i'd still rather have like s tag over zitnix but i don't yeah. really know them that well um in terms of like how I understand the friendship groups of that team, I'm pretty sure Esatag was more someone that was like friends with like Dupree and Magic and like that side of things, maybe. Device maybe even. I'm not really sure how it's been split up over the year or so, but um like yeah, I still just don't think Lucky is like gonna be the answer long term at least. No, no. They seem to be giving him still like more events to play, maybe into the year or so, maybe until they find someone they actually want um to opt for them. But yeah, we'll see. The opera to me, first of all, is still just the absolute biggest question. I think the riflers they have could be make could make for like a pretty good team. I yeah, I actually really like the signing of Blame F and Config just in terms of who they could possibly get as a replacement. I don't necessarily know how well the team's gonna perform overall, but considering the players they're losing, these are probably the next best signings they could have gotten. Outside of I guess Copenhagen Flames players. Who seem um, to be wanting to stick together as a five-man unit. Exactly, anyway, so yeah. Probably weren't um, going to get that. I guess you could have gotten Farleg for Lucky, but that's not related. The, to so that, that's what I was actually just about to say. There was a draft yeah. draft five report that said that uh, Astralis were apparently looking into getting Farleg. Um, mm-hmm. so I that's, feel like Astralis has been looking into offers for like at least a year. Like, yes. Honestly. It's been a while. That, well, this isn't... This is apparently... I, I don't know how reliable this is, obviously, because it's Danish CSGO oh. leaks, but they said that <laughs> Farleg like, previously turned down an offer from Astralis or something. Yeah. Uh, so that that does lend some credibility to the fact that they might still be going... Uh, might still be trying to offer him now that FPX is no longer a thing. Because, yeah. like, but I, I've, I have no idea what Astralis has been... like. I still think they're in the market and still like trying to figure out, especially like I think they have the other four slots, but I think the opera slot is going is still a big question mark even for them, because like if it was Strauss, like obviously Bubsky's like fully out, he'll go somewhere else. Yeah. Like I saw I saw a report like during the major that was like Strauss offering Bubsky to other teams, and I was like, May that's been since like like last year. Like that's <laughs> that's old news, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's been, like that's been, that's been a constant theme for for a while. Yeah, I I I definitely think that. I, I think that like Pronogo's early thing about how Astralis are kind of 
the weaker team after this move between them and Vitality is definite. I don't think there's any way that Astralis won in this whole thing, but like Note said, to keep them competitive with the resources possible or the players available, I think this is probably one of the best case situations for them. But like those long term contracts really do scare me for Glaive and yes. Zipnix because it just makes yep. them like it kind of it kind of we, I mean, the pro most prime example of it was VP, you know, when they got the three year uh, whatever it was like 20 K a month kind of salary. Dude, almost... It was like so bad for their competitiveness. Like they stopped you know, really like trying the, the signings. I'm almost like more concerned about how the Glaive signing will work out than the Zipnix signing will. I think that one is way I'm more important. I'm not as concerned about the Glaive signing, to be honest. Somehow I think Glaive's hungrier I'm than Zip, about, Glaive, Glaive loves about the, the game signing. too much to yeah, not. I think Glaive is, and I think Glaive's just better than Zip in almost That could every be true. Way. It was just, like, I was thinking of A, like, he obviously, I mean, Pernogo touched on it earlier, right? Like, he has different priorities at the moment. Yep. So, like, his life in general is just changing. He's going without Zonic for the first time. Which, even if Glaive is super capable as an IGL, which we all know he is, because obviously <laughs> that isn't all Zonic. But, like, that's still, like, that's still changes like the environment that you were in and how comfortable you were with working with your coach like i don't know it just changes a lot there's there's one prime example of a of a danish guy and him having kids and him still like doing his job to the best and it's 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 anders he could just leave his kids for for weeks and months and just just abandon them <laughs> and then someone coughs on a pcr test and he's like well no christmas see ya <laughs> Oh my God. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I, I think I that's that's obviously. So just you're banter. saying the solution to Astralis is to ship Glaive a large amount of mushrooms. Yes, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> male feminist male feminist Glaive. It's like it's a weird situation for me because it's like the Glaive signing. I think is easier and makes like it's like easier for Astralis to do. It's like well, okay, obviously we resign Glaive, right? You have to if you have to put your future stake your the future of your org on something and Zonic and company are like looking out, then obviously you resign the Glaive, right? You kind of you look like an idiot if you didn't. Whereas like signing Zipnix, I think was like more of like a choice. But I almost think like f the the decision I question more and the one that will be like more important that I think could like really fuck them is like the Glaive one more so than the Zipnix one. I don't know. I just think the, the Zipnix one is like way easier to get out of. Um, not necessarily the contract, but like who you need to replace them as with as like a sure, player. You know, that's a fair point. Yeah, because who are you going to replace like, Glaive with? Even if you do, I guess yeah. at that point so you just like, turn the reins like, to blame F and say, "Here you go, yeah. buddy." If, so like, we're like, if Glaive doesn't work out, yeah. you're if he's like if he's yeah. not as yeah. comfortable without Zonic, if like his attention his like attentions are otherwhere, like maybe he needs to get somewhere fresh or something. Like recovering from like Glaive not working out would be a lot harder than than Zipnix because at that point, yeah, like you said, like you need an IGL like. So now is Blame F just getting the reins to Astralis now? Like, what's what would happen? That'd be kind of nuts. I mean, that I was I, I, I'm trying to think back also to the thing that uh, Pernogo said, where Blame F can he work in a system when he's not calling? Because it has been a long time, like since even before heroic, was on heroic. Basically, yeah. I think he was calling on heroic for at least for... part of his tenure there, like Who? the last yeah. Blame F. Blame F. Blame F. F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was calling. So like that's yeah. It's gonna be a little weird to see him just as a raw player again. Um, but, but then again, like, okay, seriously, my only, my biggest concern with Astralis is Lucky. I actually yeah. think that the rest of the players can work, um, if I'm being a lot more grounded. It's just that Lucky needs to get better because at, at the major, he was like the second worst player in terms of rating and he's the opera. Like, that's just like, unacceptable. It's, it's also just like, period. he doesn't have like impact ever. It feels no, like. No, he's like, so like, low no, impact. He's so low impact. Like, other, other than the one series where they beat Liquid to make it to the fall finals, like, I haven't yeah. ever seen Lucky play that well. Like, that was his like, best series like he's ever played. Some operas that average like a .99 rating and otherwise are kind of trash. Like, 
sometimes yeah. and they just like go off and just like hit like the sickest shit or like you know do like some like insane aggro stuff but like with lucky it's like he's playing like device but he's just not doing anything like yeah he's just <laughs> not hitting that one shot that he's offered yeah. you know like, you know what? Like, say what you will but he avoided the 16-0 against nip so wow he did That's it true. he really did um, he re- yeah yeah. okay i'll say on uh, the glaive go- topic i just briefly i did want okay, to mention sure. that, like one thing that's really exciting about this move no matter which side of the fence you're on if you're a vitality fan now or an astralis fan now they're kind of one of the same anyway um you gotta <laughs> re- bear in mind this is an opportunity for zonic to at least partially prove that he can hack it as a coach at the top tier with a different set of players with a different collar with a different culture and then at the same time for glaive it's an opportunity for him to prove that it wasn't just Dude. zonic that it was yeah. you know really like who who were who is like the more than 50% of that half was it uh, it's unlikely it was dead even so was glaive doing more was zonic doing more it's an opportunity for both of them to essentially reinvent their careers tell a new story like further their legacy in that sense and i think that's an exciting thing that every fan of counter strike can get behind even if you're could, one of like, those astralis haters or whatever right i feel like zonic couldn't have gone to like a better org from astralis than vitality because yes. vitality mm-hmm. seems like very similar but just like better in like every way you know what i mean like also from what x has said like they're fully willing to let the coach handle a lot of the the yeah. minutiae in terms of like player changes yeah, yeah they're, they're already drilled in that right yeah it's like they're willing to let the coach handle shit like they obviously have money especially because i'm seeing what they're doing in league of legends and i know that yeah. shit isn't cheap yeah so yeah. i don't know just a really good decision from sonic and, and co to to take I, up this off too like he's going he's going to a, a new team but it's like dude he's already got fucking zywoo there like he's He's got an amazing org behind him. Like he couldn't have chose like a better team to go to. Like, yeah, this is, this is it's a pretty awesome situation. I mean, the only thing is in resigning with Astralis. Like it yes, is. yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think Vitality. Is a, I I just flat out think Vitality is a better org from the outside. Uh, yes. Okay. Other thing closer to home, North America. EG. They finally pulled the trigger on a move that we have wanted for so long and finally it's just like okay we're out of the major here it is this is what we were planning to do that's how it felt um they took out mihu they took out oboe and they took out stan as law i'll just i just kind of want to start because i felt like i wanted mihu gone i wanted stan as law gone i would have kept oboe personally so that yes. that one kind of rubbed me in a wonder, weird direction is that, is that like is that like oboe like just wanting to leave and not really wanting to stay on or is that them actively just like saying we don't so, so it's impossible sure. to say. It's impossible yeah, for sure. me to say for certain. But it seems I, I, weird that like I just can't imagine. Like Oboe's yeah. been one of the players that's actually playing well, and he doesn't seem uh, to be like agreed. much of an issue attitude-wise. I mean, obviously he had the theme of complexity that was like much different. He doesn't seem to be like toxic or like super hard to work with or anything. And he so, plays like tons of so shitty spots. Yeah. So it's like I would be surprised if like EG was like, yeah, we don't want to keep Oboe, but. I mean, the maybe, only thing I can wrong. think for that is another team like a Cloud9 or a Complexity is trying to sign him again. I don't know if Complexity would go back to him uh, uh, after what he did to that org, but like yeah, maybe Liquid Ops for him too. If I, I just don't see why players. EG would yeah. specifically cut him right now. Like it doesn't yeah. really make sense in terms. All of I'm saying is that Oboe would be a much fitter. Like I just want Liquid to do something completely different, and just in general. But I was gonna say like Oboe would be a much better fit in Grim's role than than Grim was. Okay, so we saw the news that also, like, it was like a rumor on Rush B Media that Stewie and Fallen were looking for other opportunities. What would you guys think if Stewie joined Cirque and Breeze? Like, if that were your core three? I, that makes I, sense to me. I'm still so out on Cirque, man. Like, I know he hit really good form yeah. back in the NRG yeah. days and going into the initial yeah. foray of EG, where I think they made the finals or maybe even won the tournament that they had gone to when they signed and announced that they were joining EG. Um, I think that could be a, a real interesting move, but like something needs to either reinvigorate Cirque or he needs to fly back home or something. Like, something's got to give yeah. here. And unfortunately, well, the thing with Cirque is that 
So people say like like he'll just go back to EU, but I'm pretty sure he might Sir, be he NA now. Yeah, NA. practically NA. considers himself North American. Yeah. Like he's been living yeah. here like three or four years. Like he's moved different places. Like I, I even remember like I, I even remember like it was like some like sit down talk like breakfast like the miner a couple years ago. This is like over two years ago. Mind been you, been here for four years. Four yeah. years yeah. in NA. This, is, this is over two years ago, mind you. Like even back then, Cirque was saying I pretty much just consider myself like and like an NA player, like yeah. an American in the scene, because that's Fair where enough. I live. That's where yeah. I'm based. Yeah. Maybe he or goes to like complexity. I don't know. Like there, there's something yeah. he could do, but I, I feel like he's just been wearing the same colors for too long. Yeah. Admittedly, I'm they are changing the whole stayed. system now. Stan is out. Yeah. Daps is coaching. Who knows what happens in, under those circumstances? But it does feel like he's something really massive has to happen for him individually, so that they can contend at the top again. Because otherwise, like, who's your opera, right? Because he's not really I'm doing just the see role. Breeze and just dipping the Valorant. I will mm. say, I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad Breeze is sticking around. <laughs> I'm so glad. Could not have. Could like, that dude. He's one of my favorite players for for real. Yeah, I don't, does Obo even play Valorant? I don't think I don't, he does. Doesn't he? He hasn't tweeted know, about it, but he again the guy I tweets never... once a month. So. <laughs> Then again, Ovo could probably pick up Valor and be like one of the best at it in like two weeks, so whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever he wants to do. That's not impossible. I, I just think get offers. In in NA, there's also just a I think there's a decent number of pieces to build around outside of like a surprisingly decent number of pieces to build around outside of like the players already on teams like Liquid. Uh, even if you discount Fallen and Stu, like you have Tarek, you have Rush, you have uh, players like Floppy, OC, you have upcomers, you have Junior. You have a lot of these players who haven't actually, some of these players who haven't been tested, but also players who can still move up into these roles and, and have a chance. Um, and then also proven talent like Russian Tarek, who, who I don't know if Tarek wants to I come back into a full time like, I can't see Tarek coming role. back. I think Rush could. I think Rush could. Rush, I can't see Rush Tarek. has clearly just been sitting on the sidelines waiting for an offer after this he period, was I think. out with Valorant teams, I thought. He I was. That, I think George George reported that actually. He was, but I don't think he was. I don't think he committed to any of them. No, he didn't. He didn't commit, but he's like he's yeah. actively looking to compete. It's not like Tarek, where Tarek has yes, like yes, 10, exactly. Tarek has like ten thousand subs on Twitch. Okay, it's really hard to pull yourself away from that. Honestly, yes. yeah, just seeing that time. money come in. Yeah, so, I mean, the other thing to th yeah. consider, too, is that Rush said in the interview with Thorin, I believe, was when he said, like, yeah, I'm open to Valorant, I'm trying it out, but, you know, I, there was a part of him in the answer that you could feel like he still wants CS, you know, in his heart. I th that's, that's what I mean. I think if the right offer in CS comes along, he would take that over an offer. Even a good offer, really, yeah. Yes. Like, doesn't, it doesn't take much yeah. to be the right offer, is what is my take, anyway. That's what I, so, what I think. So I would see, so the move, the move I would see EG doing is they need an IGL. So what I would want would be Stewie. Um, what I would what I would actually kind of what I'm kind of expecting right now is that they might just go with Daps. I think Daps might like I don't I don't know for certain, but it seems like it feels like they might do something in that direction. Like because who really put Cirque on the map and Breeze on the map as individuals and like started their careers? It was Daps, you know, as as their in-game leader. It's and so <laughs> who would be better to like revitalize it i think it i think it might be daps again playing alongside him it is kind of funny that like these some of these na orgs would rather like or nacs in general would rather go back <laughs> and get daps from valorant from his nrg project in valorant that didn't do anything yeah. bring him back put him as a coach first and then make him the igl rather than like taking like a take a chance on like some other igl or something you know what i mean or continue with stan yeah so also would you play i got to do the continue with stan i'm gonna be honest uh, Daps also played decently at the event that he stood in for Sin for. Uh, the first one, that is, I think it was EPL. Um, Probably. There was two events, at least. That yeah, I think he I played think... EPL, and he also played... Did he also play Blast? I, feel I like think he also played Blast. I don't know how well he played at Blast. 
But the whole I think team ACL, 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 ACL was yeah. decent. To be fair, at Blast, they played with, like, fucking, like, Spellin or something as well. Yeah, they played yeah, with yeah, Spellin exactly. also, yeah. The exactly. EPL Daps had a .8 rating, which no, well, can't be too far off. What you had less of it was, like, actual <laughs> rating <laughs> performance. Bad before that, yeah. Less of it was, like, actual rating performance, but in the server, he actually did have some impact rounds, and it seemed like EG was playing more cohesively. So I think it's not necessarily just, like, a pure individual form. D no. Dap ceiling, Dap ceiling as an individual was so low. I can't yes. imagine it's that hard to get back there. Like yes. honestly, I really think that takes like twenty hours in deathmatch to get back to what Daps was playing like in at the peak of his powers. So if he can just call and just make things a little bit more Cirque and Breeze focus, if he can raise because Stanislaw was playing like absolute garbage. So like honestly, if you can just play as well as Stan, which is possible for Daps to Dude, do, like, it's just it, it must be. It is like. Daps would have to put in like twenty percent effort a to call better than Stan was. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, so it, it's it's like there's not a lot of room where you're gonna fit. You you can't do worse. You cannot like what EG were showing in the last few months was abysmal, and it was yeah. just it was like, hard to say, watch as an. I'd rather fan. see something else and something new, but like you really can't get worse. Like this Daps coming back to IGL is still an upgrade over what they were doing. Yes, so I'm just so that, excited to see the completed revenge arc from Daps where he. It's beautiful. Takes over Stanislaus. Assuming it happens. Assuming it happens. Yes. Yeah, it would be really, really cool. Who do you guys want for the other two, though? For the other two spots, they they don't need an op. They just need two riflers, basically. Let's assume it's Daps, or assume it. Yeah, just assume it's Daps. Right now, Who assume it's Daps, two? and they don't change the other players. And they said they wanted to stay to NA. Like they said in the tweet, yeah, they're committed they to NACS. To, committed to NACS. So yes. Breeze Daps is what you're saying. Let's just say. Let's just say it's right? that because yeah. So who well, would you fuck want? It. Let's go. Well, let's get Alige. Alige, get over. Alige, Stewie can Liquid. stay. Alige, go. Okay. Hey, give me one or the other. Give me one or yeah, the one other. or the. It, it can't be both because that's the sort of same conflict we were talking oh, about dude. earlier. Alige and oh. Daps on the same team, personality-wise. Listen, if Alige oh, joins EG not, and yes. Daps is on the team, then Daps is on the team for a month, and then they get a different guy. So. That's actually true. Yeah. yeah. Well, Terra can't rejoin the team now, is what we we know, because he'll just try to kick Daps as soon as possible, right? So, that's, um, if Elise does it could... instead, it's not my fault. Watermelon yeah. brain, let's go. Wonder how many Valorant players are thinking of switching on back right now. Nah, yeah, Floppy is Floppy is the trendsetter, surely. Floppy and Daps. I, think, I mean, there's a lot of people that didn't make the LCQ, you know, or they didn't they didn't get it through to the grand champion things. So. I, don't, I think, I think anyone... if, they, if EG doesn't get Sui, you, they could go for someone like Rush. I think Rush well. is a Rush, natural yeah. fit. Um, the only Rush, question is he's not very heavy on production stats-wise, so I'm not 100% sure if he's got the firepower for this roster. But if Breeze performs, yeah. then they don't need that. So If, if you're Breeze bringing Daps back, all right, if they bring Daps back and then they brought like, like Rush and Stewie, I'd, I'd be out on that team. I'd be like, uh, I don't think Rush and Stewie, enough. one or the other. No, no, no yeah, 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 can't be both. Yeah, I was saying it needs to be one or the other, and then you yes. need another sick rifler. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Could be a sick young rifler. Like, there's a few, you know, that we've seen. Like Obo, maybe. Oh, like Obo. Again, this cut doesn't make sense. <laughs> Could you like imagine Obo? They make the announcement, we have no. signed Obo. It's like, what, you just cut him. Yeah, I just don't get this cut, because... Minus Obo like, plus Obo. Unless there's, like, personality issues that I'm not aware of, and he's, like, yeah, and he's, like hard trolling. to work with or something. But it's, like, he plays, like, shit spots. Like, he seems to do fine with it. He doesn't seem to require, like, a ton of resources or anything. Like, I don't know. Obo just seems like a great player to have on any team. But mm -hmm. I, could, I could be wrong. Okay, all right. I think that's enough on on EG though. Um, let's go. Yeah, we to... spent more time on them than they spent in the major, bro. That's absolutely facts, man. That Jesus. is absolutely facts.
I like how every um, time they get brought up and I'm the guest, I just have to flame them. I'm sorry, EG. I'm sorry. Let's we, let's know. go let's go to what was okay, let's go to the first part of the question of the week. Let's just go to the question of the week. All right, let's do it. So the question of the week I had was you have to change out one Navi player. Who do you who do you swap out of Navi? You you, you have to. Even though they just won the major, even though they're the best team in the world, it's their era. You have to take somebody out. Can we can we can we can we do something though? Every you have to choose one player except for Perfecto. Well, <laughs> one person, one person well, can well, take I Perfecto. That's not simple already. You well, have to pick someone that's not simple well, too. No, 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 no. Well, you don't. One person who you don't have to. No, yeah, one person who's not you can take out simple. Can take Perfecto if they want. I'm taking simple. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take out Simple and add Mono Z. Give Simple a six-month break. There it is. Wow, back there afterward. Is. There you go. That's not even my oh, angle, but yeah. All right, listen. Your guys' angle is like, I guess you want to take hey, him nobody, down a tag or something. The question but. did not say that you can't bring him back. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you, bent, you let Simple have someone a six-month break. Someone, someone, in, yeah. someone in chat spoiled what I was going to do. Someone in chat spoiled what I was going to say. If actually. I'm the GM for Navi, I know, I know it got spoiled for you, but this was something I was going to say too. Like Just in general, in terms of like my answer for this question, is that I would take out electronic before I take out bit. That's that's my bit honest stays, opinion after this yeah, major. I agree. I would take out electronic before bit. Yeah. I would give an I would, I actually literally was thinking exactly what someone said which is that electronic for mirror right now is basically a one to one in terms of roles and mirror is was in my eyes I'd say the best or second best player on spirit if you want to say Dexter's better that's fine with me but they were the best too. So I think that mirror would be a really good fit yeah. for this roster. Dude, he's listen, aggressive just, rifler, space maker. I like electronic is really fucking good. Don't get me wrong. Like top five player in the world at times, but I think Bit is literally going to be so fucking good. Like this guy's aim is insane, and he's only getting better and better and better. Like mm -hmm. this guy, like you have to keep him for the future. I you, for like how good he's going to be in the future, you keep him over electronic. Dude, okay. he's like he has no nerves as one of the yeah. brand new players to the top, yeah. to the top scene. It Less nerves than like his veteran phased. player teammates in some cases. Doesn't yeah, make any yeah sense. it's actually no kind of This guy said, obviously, Bit, if the four could help make a new player to get that good, then they can like they can make another player also good. That's not how that works. Bit is legendary <laughs> in the fact you, that he's the rookie If you just plug you, another yeah. player who has a 75% headshot percentage, then they might be as good. So Twist would be the fit, right? That's the only thing that makes sense. I would, All right, I my would, angle is my angle is yeah, if I'm not picking simple, which is entirely for storylines and nothing to do with obviously is like obviously you can't. Right. Um, yes. If I'm not picking simple, then I think Boomich actually is a legit shout because I've never really rated the guy as an IGL. I know their oh. tactics See, and their they, systems are working really well right now, yeah. but the problem is that they don't like my my issue, and I think like the perceived weakness for Navi is when it like obviously they can make comebacks on ct side but i feel like their t side comebacks maybe it's just the meta maybe this is a one-off at the major they didn't look too hot like it, it basically had to be against g2 on ancient for example like Dude. there were some cases where i felt like boomish's adaptability specifically on t sides can be exploited and so if you're going to make mm. an argument that's not based on a player's like stats or whatever you probably want to swap him out i just don't know who you replace him with that's the biggest thing here's, yeah here's the thing is that a, you can't even be sure that replacing him with a better like IGL is going to work, because yeah. it, it has to be someone that's like very tenured, like Zeus was. Because Simple is going to be very vocal, and that's yeah. going to fuck up a lot of callers if they're not if they're having Simple a deal. Simple won't Simple's be vocal, very, bro, because he's out Simple's of the team. Literally, he's out yeah. of the team. <laughs> Simple's literally sitting in the middle. Like he talks all the time, like a lot. He's yeah. obviously very vocal. Like that seems probably just as much his as like an IGL than it is yeah. like Boomich's. Yeah. I'd say it's like Blades more than anyone's. It seems like. So getting an IGL like Boomich's that can coexist with Simple 
and like in Blade and like being able to coexist between all that fucking talking and like someone like Simple that wants to play how he wants to do and is like that good. Like it's it's really not that easy for an IGL to do. Like you have to be a certain type of IGL for that to work. Yeah. If you're someone that wants to do things your way and you have a certain vision, you want to play to that vision, most likely playing with Simple isn't going to be like for you if you're not able to like loosen that up and do all types of shit and be able to like and not be like so affected by taking so much input from you know simple or whoever yeah i think when for the for the simple angle uh i will say i just want to see that guy the same way i said elijah to liquid like i actually there was a moment where obviously he's being interviewed he's just won the major james banks is interviewing him and he says how do you feel right now like what's going through your mind and uh simple's response is i made a promise i would win a major for navi i've done it and that had now a I note can of go finality. Back to Gambit. Yeah, yeah. That had a note of finality <laughs> no. to it, right? That like to me, yeah, that dude. felt like okay, he's done his he's he's paid the piper. The AK can go away from his head in contract negotiations. He can finally start to explore other offers. I want to see simple in another team, bro. Like I know this is Liquid. a team. I yeah. <laughs> go coming back to home. Come, coming coming home. Story. Yeah, send them home. It's right? True home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I just want to see are, that. I want to see that. You guys okay. are missing it. Simple's going to 100 Thieves Valorant to reunite <laughs> with Hiko. <laughs> that was an angle. Your I thought you were going to say he's resurrecting friend. like the flip side brand or he's going to go what? go to Hellraisers no, or something. Yeah, I thought it's going to say Hellraisers yeah. like, like Yeah, the yeah. Tweets. What if what if Simple really just wanted to win a major in CS:GO, join 100 Thieves Valorant, win a Valorant major and then come back to CS:GO or he'll just go on to the next FPS and try. Goes to That's Rainbow Six a... Siege and just wins in that game too. But on a real note, like that is like such a very fulfilling thing for Simple because yeah. there's like a lot of players. It's like a very similar thing for me, right? I the thing that got me into CS in the first place, the thing that almost pretty much brought me back to CS was like watching Cloud9 win, especially in these fucking majors, right? Like yeah. that's that's the team I've always been most attached to, even more so than like Liquid or whatever NA team was good, right? So for me, like the end all be all would be winning a CS major with C9. Like doing that, being able to like help them come back to that, like more like obviously any major win's gonna feel fucking good. But if you do mm-hmm. it with like how simple did it with Navi or like a, a brand that like you truly care about because you kind of like grew up with it almost. Like winning with that specific team is like even more fucking fulfilling than just winning like any type of major. So simple doing that, winning this major with Navi. You know, once you do that, like simple is going to be thinking a lot this week about okay, like what's next? Yeah, like, I did that. What what is like? He has how old is simple? Like not even like twenty five probably. Like I think he has twenty four. Think he's 24. yeah, like twenty four. So it's like yeah. such a fucking future ahead of him. Like he can do anything. Like he could go to any team he wanted, especially when his contract's out. Um. You know, you could go to Valorant if you wanted. Like he, he could do anything. Like once you win the major, especially if like that team that that specific team that you really wanted to win with, it's it's just very fulfilling, and you feel like you could do anything at that point. Big I ups. like what someone did say the the G- simple to G two op. Just make it a super team. Oh just make it a Carlos super team. did say everything has a price, my friend. That everything the, has a price. Yeah. He did say it. He did Nico, say it. bro, I'm going to get you a major. <laughs> that, Nico, we're winning that, this one together. If so that I'll always have one happened, more major than you. If that ever happened, I would just hope that the announcement would be kept uh, under as tight wraps as the device tech. Yeah. yeah. Could, because, could, could you imagine him putting shit, up the That would be the helmet. biggest blockbuster move I've seen God in my life. damn, yeah. Oh my God. I would get, I would get were... pumped for that. I kind of am sad that this Astralis one leaked. I guess we get to talk about it on the show, but like the Vitality one, I mean, like the fact that that one, I would, I wanted to see the same sort of an hype announcement video where it's like, you know, the French people have like sort of 
they're, they're like standing there waiting, you know, like what, what, I don't know what you do with vitality. They don't have like a ninja aesthetic. They're just, they're a bee. So well, I mean, I, they, they, <laughs> they like announced Z was re-signing with multiple, uh, Banners and and holograms around yeah Paris, I think right? France, resigned yeah, till twenty twenty four or whatever it was yeah that um, one but the problem is is that the French scene is leakier than like mm-hmm. a bashed up faucet so there's no mm. way that that would ever happen yeah, yeah fair enough it's like a wet baguette just dripping <laughs> <laughs> wet who's baguette. seen a wet baguette who's seen a wet just me okay all right when Vitality wins a major they're just gonna release thousands of bees <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just think of all, I guess. <laughs> oh, nobody. Style. You have to sign an, uh, a, a waiver. <laughs> to, to sit, just to sit in the crowd, especially the front row, you have to sign a waiver so you're not allergic. Just everybody's just just wearing the B, the B shirt. Or I forgot the B suit. You know the protection one, not the bees. Yeah. Um. Not the okay. Bees. I think I think that. Uh, this has been pretty good. Two and two and a half hour stream. I think this is pretty pretty much wrapped up. I think we got yeah, a, yeah. got a lot done here. I think we'll do another one soon. I, I think I said before that Hooksy already said he would do he, he would do one, but he just couldn't do it today. And I can't do it tomorrow because I'm going to be flying. So that seems like it's in the works. If not, I'll be we'll be talking to some other people. Uh, let's do shout outs. We haven't done shout outs for a while, and plus we're on stream. So let's go, uh, Pernogo. What's your what's your shout out? What's your shout out? Hmm. I'll shout out uh, Yumi. Uh, at um 3 tv because that's a complicated Twitter handle. Uh, he's that's a good username. Yeah, easy yeah. to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flows, rolls off the tongue. He's been yeah. giving me a lot of great points and great tweets that I steal out of his mouth and onto my Twitter. So I figured I'd return the favor, and give him a little something. Uh, okay. So yeah, we've been we've been. He's part of the the watch party I've been doing. That's not streamed anywhere. It's just a bunch of casters and ex casters talking shit. And uh, we've been having a good time. So shout out to him. He made the uh, experience better. And uh, yeah, there you go. That's that's my shout out. Yumi's a good shout out because I, I, Yumi actually has a great. Do like, you know you'll you'll like well this, Mary Snake? You'll like this, so because Yumi did a stats guy job once in his whole yeah. career, we now meme on him, referring to him as the stats guy, and so he's gotten to the yeah. point where he doesn't bring up any stats at all, and so we will because st- like you'd think that would defeat the, the the bit, like you oh we can't make fun of him for being stats. Instead, I just say hey, um, can you tweet this stat? I'll get and I'll give him stats. So like it's it's turned into that. You know? It's just we like I'm waiting for him to put it into his profile or something. He just never will. It is funny that he got that stats guy job at Flashpoint. Yeah. That is that was came out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah. All right. All right, no, what's your what's your shout out? Uh I'll shout out the broadcast talent from the major. I think they they actually did a fantastic job, oh, especially yeah. with some of the earlier technical difficulties and and mic problems and broadcast stuff. Uh especially I think Bleh for his first major desk was really, really good. And then obviously like Richard Lewis cleaned up as the host and Maniac is always good. And then Thorne obviously coming in with some really funny moments, especially during the group stage. I so. liked his sign off on day oh, one he where he went, Deva, go bye bye. And Richard is just like, like trying not we to didn't laugh. actually talk about the talent that much. I just remember. I just yeah. realized. Do you guys want, you yeah. want to save that for next? What do you think? We could we should talk about it because I don't think Hooksy wants to talk about yeah, talent. Probably, makes stuff. sense. OK, well, mix mix. How about do you want to do your shout out now or after talent talk? <sighs> we'll do it after talent talk. Okay. OK, let's do a little talent talk then. Let's That's talk. an important shout out. It's very important. Okay, so so yeah, it should be at the end. It should be. Sorry, sorry for that, guys. I just I just remember. shout out Esa tags. <laughs> I'm gonna shout out OC again for yeah. the eighth time. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's do a little talent talk. So Bardolph said that thing about. Um, so so yeah, I'll just Bardolph I'll just be up, up front. Yeah. 
I'll be upfront with this. These guys are all my colleagues. Uh, some of them I like a lot and I don't want to like be, I'm never going to be overly critical in these kinds of moments. If I, if I have very constructive criticism for things, I'll put that out there, but that's, I'm going to rely on you. You guys can say what you guys want. I can be critical. I don't know any you, of them. You guys, your guys' opinions aren't my opinions. Just, they just aren't. They're just not my opinion. So uh, let's do, let's just start with the initial drama. The initial drama was clearly that Bardoff was upset about the fact that him and DDK only did a single BO3 in the playoffs. And, and it was the uh, worst we, quarterfinal on paper. It was on, yeah, on paper, it was the worst quarterfinal. And for, I think, I think I counted the other ones. So it was, so for the, both the semifinals, it was Semler Anders and Semler Moses. For another quarterfinal, it was Semler Anders. Another semifinal was Semler Moses. And then I think another quarterfinal was Sponge Machine, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yeah. Yes. So, so Sponge Machine could have been like, I don't know. Sponge Machine got two, quarterfinal, grand final. Anders Semler got two, quarter semi. Anders Moses got two, quarter semi. And DDK Bardoff only got one, a quarterfinal. So that's just the facts. That's just the facts that are out there. Um, what is your guys? What are your guys' like thoughts just unfortunate I mean, that similar didn't yeah. get the final i mean similar similar grand final maybe a tricast similar 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 tricast oh i mean that would have been pretty cool I that would have been great yeah i would have listened to that <laughs> i i actually don't mind similar it is just it does look pretty funny that he's just been on like he somehow weaseled his yeah way i don't know like i don't know surely it could have been like a better way to like proportion this i mean i don't know anything about how this fucking shit works right but like i don't understand why similar was on like four and I didn't get like one like yeah. Anders Moses or something. It would obviously like, anytime Semler was with Moses, it was supposed to be Sadakist with Moses. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I was gonna say, yeah. like, it's very clear that their original plan was that Bardolph and DDK, regardless, were only gonna get one series because you have four duos and seven matches. You're always gonna have originally they had four duos and seven matches, so you're always gonna have one that gets a single match. Yeah. And it seems like their original plan was to have Sato and Moses be on the second semi yeah. and Sponge Machine on the final, but that couldn't happen when Sato missed out. Uh, also, it would have been so nice to hear Sato in the arena. I'm actually yeah, really I am. Yeah. I am disappointed. Someone, someone's gonna get like one, like one cast though. Like, surely it should be more than like just like one of the quarterfinals. That yeah, like a semi. Like give them a semi yeah. or a grand give them, final. Give like, them a right? semi, or give them give them fucking G two and Nip. You know, with like the home crowd. You know, give them yes, the best them make it special. Yeah. Make it yeah. special. They can only do one. Give them a semi. Sure. Give them like a good quarterfinal. Like I don't know. I just felt I do. I do. I can understand how why James felt like how he felt, especially in the moment. Obviously, I still wouldn't have like done that like sign off on broadcast. That was probably a bit much. Yes. Um, but just the sign off on broadcast super... is really suspect, but the fact that it's a tweet follow up afterwards while the event yeah. is going on—that's no. Probably, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was the tweet first, and then and then the sign off, wasn't it? No, no, no. He signed off and then did the tweet. Yeah, because he wasn't. He hmm. didn't yeah, finish his cast, right? He didn't oh, okay. finish his work. He he was. Yeah, I thought there was like some in between or some shit. Yeah. But yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. I kind of just like obviously I wouldn't have done that, but obviously I understand why he felt like upset about it. Like I can understand. <laughs> I can understand why you would feel yeah. shafted in that situation because sure. you definitely were kind of a bit, but um. I don't know, definitely a better way to go about it. Kind of unfortunate, but yeah, I don't really know much else about it, so. Yeah, I, I don't think I would have publicly aired out something like that, especially while the major's running, because you're just going to you're just yeah. going to detract from the broadcast as a whole. I think Richard like, even sort uh, of implied it in his in his closing tweet where he yeah, was like, yes. he said that didn't tweet during the event as a cardinal sin is to let bullshit spill into the broadcast. And I think that that's obviously that's subtext. exactly what happened in this context, unfortunately. Yeah, in a little while's time, when By the Numbers does go live and we get the most ridiculous post-major BTN of all time, most likely, yeah. um, 
we are going to find out some information, and I'm sure some of it will remain behind the scenes as to what was alluded to in the tweet by Richard Lewis, where he did say that four members of talent, I believe was the number, had um, some very unfortunate yeah. side effects. Obviously, one of them was quite public with uh, James Banks, but apparently there were others. I don't know how much of that is going to have affected the end result, how much they're even going to get into, because some of it's probably not related to them, and thus they won't have had the permissions, if you will, to start speaking of it. It's probably just nobody's business anyway, but th- I think... When you add that to the context of the major and of the broadcast, now all the production issues PGL had and all the other problems that PGL had that downwind, you know, did affect the casting talent. I'm actually amazed we got as good cast as we did this tournament. I am fucking amazed that these guys were able to do what they were able to do, especially in the arena specifically where everybody leveled yes. up and we like, there wasn't a bad cast that, that I can, I can't think of any show match excluded. There wasn't a bad cast guys. Like we had really solid arena cast for the first time in a while. And even the grand finals, which is the first major grand finals, the first a duo first time this duo, well, I guess second time. Cause they cast at a quarterfinal, but like, these are their first games machine and sponge in an arena. Like that, that's crazy to think think about because they've been with us for so long but that's how long we've been without arenas so i think it's just really good that we got the this level of quality and it's a real shame that it you know that was just another thing the bardolf tweet in this case is just another thing that negatively impacted the broadcast because now it's been public it's the biggest controversy according to like reddit upvotes and stats yeah that uh the tournament yeah. faced <laughs> this is with all it, the other problems i also just hate it because it made the discourse and conversation around the other talent members just so much more toxic and negative throughout it like him doing that doesn't just speak of them being like missing out on doing multiple matches but also more than half the comments in that thread i want to say were probably like disparaging other talent members and trying to compare each other every every single time every single time yeah not not even like specifically there was a lot obviously focused on similar which was unreasonable especially to the degree of some of how vicious the comments were but on top of that you had like oh this is my f- i prefer this pair over this pair i'm just like fuck off they're all very talented people and the fact that everybody feels the need to compare one duo to another as if oh your opinion on who is like this better this duo is slightly better than the other it doesn't matter they're all extremely yeah, talented yeah. enough to I, enough to walk us through it and I, they proved it in the arena I'll say, like, uh, I think it's kind of, in a way, like, pointless to... I mean, you can you can come up... Anybody, any fan can come up with their list of who the favorite casters are and stuff like that. But the way that, you know, uh, TOs see it is they have their own internal tier lists, basically. And, like, they might have... They might have it down to the pairing, but when you're going to hire four, they just basically hire their S tier. There are four, there are four pairs in the S tier. You know, that's that's what that's what PGL thought was their S tier right there. And maybe it's not another TO's S tier, but like it in a way, it's like the ordering is not that important to like the people that are really on top. Like sometimes, sometimes it'll change who like is the grand final person versus the semifinal person. But really, it's not. Those opinions, in a way, can just kind of, like, be kept to yourself. Sure, just post it on Reddit, because who cares? You're a fan, and you just want to say things, like, whatever. But in terms of... We all care, I... we all doom scroll, and we all laugh at you behind the scenes, you fucks. Stop exactly. posting that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, like, when we... When I think of my colleagues, I'm, I kind of, in a way, think, like, okay, who's working this event with me? Okay, I kind of... It's not really accurate, but it's like, I just think, like, okay, we're all on this... This tier of this TO is how they're how we're perceiving this right now. Like that's what that's what it is to me. And I don't I think going to like really fine distinctions is more toxic to to at least me being a talent. 
as opposed to like constructive. It doesn't really help me to say like this casting duo is the best. This casting duo is the best. Like yeah. everybody's good in their own ways. And I actually can basically point out uh, flaws of almost every duo. Honestly, yes. if I really if okay. I wanted to behind the scenes, sure. I, could, I could say that this person's mm. bad at like even even your favorite duo. I could find like 10 flaws for like because we're all because well, my... it's it's become my craft, you know. My fatal flaw as a caster is casting. Yes. Talking. Yeah, yours, so. yours mix. Yeah, you know, the stuttering doesn't quite work on a live broadcast as like much. He's, but in a he's podcast, just like, oh, he's going for the deep shot. Like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Sheriff Actually, shot. you know what? Sheriff shot. Come on. You know what? I, I, they they got some... the grand final and they killed it. Sponge machine. I'll just say Absolutely. like what one of those what one of those like things is. So I'm not just blowing smoke here. Like, uh. Just like this is and this is completely constructive. And I would probably tell Sponge to look into it a little bit, like work on trying to in hyper moments, use your diaphragm a little bit more because I could tell it got really throaty in some of those sections. And I can tell like if you're doing a lot of events, your throat's going to go away very fast. Like that's how I used to sing at karaoke six years ago. And my voice would hurt the next day. I could kind of hear it. But if you use more of your diaphragm, you you can like you're going to like, you're going to have a longer like and more sustainable career. Do casters do like voice warm ups? Is that like a thing? Some, yeah, some a lot do. of them have vocal coaches and everything. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, think, some... no, I was thinking is that like all of them should be doing like, like you know, essentially stretching your vocals before you do a cast. I think. Yeah, there's just like I mean, it's just one of those things, and I'm not saying it like I would have done better. Like I'm 100 mm -hmm. not saying I, like, yeah. I would do better. It's just something that I notice and just showing that I know what I'm. Might doing even do it worse. A little bit. Yeah, might might do it worse. Might just flat out be be bad. <laughs> might just might just get nervous in the moment. But I thought for a grand final and for their first. Uh, arena cast for the quarterfinals and for the grand finals i think sponge machine did an excellent job like i think yes. they were i think they were incredible and i think they were incredibly deserving of getting the grand final that's yes 100 the I passing think, of the torch I think they right deserved it. yeah yeah um okay let's go to mix's shout out as we right. wrap that one up give a shout out to this chatter that i think has been very good throughout <laughs> the entire thing pp wee wee gaga poo poo very <laughs> I think it's Wait, been a floppy, very is it chatter. Floppy? That, that, is that you floppy? <laughs> As a floppy <laughs> burner? Okay. <laughs> but very, very active the entire time. You know, I want to, you know, I want if we're going to do live streams, I'm going to shout out chatters. I think is what I'm going to do. I'm going to see who's being idea. active. Yeah. I'm going being active. Who do I like? Okay. And his name is just a natural. You know what I mean? Like you see right that. right off just, the tongue, bro. You, you see that and you just, you know, this guy knows what he's talking about. So goaded. Absolutely yeah. goaded. Um, what a disaster of a closing statement! Jesus Christ. Uh, I'll, I'll give I'll give a couple I'll give a couple quick shout outs here. Okay. I'll I'll say one is uh, shout out to Nico for trying as hard as you did in the major. Like honestly, could have been one of the best performances of all time. Obviously, that's not when how Nico, the cookie always like crumbles. I said, when Nico goes to sleep at night, he needs to thank fucking God that was map two trying to go to a map three and not. Map three. And not map three itself. Yeah. If that was if map they, three, if they choked map three on the verge of winning yeah. like that. Yeah. Then yeah. then shout Listen, out to it being choking map, map choking map two. Whatever. You still have to go to like an entire other map. Another map. Navi. You don't yeah. even know if you would have won at all. Yeah. yeah. But like if it was like map three and it was like yeah. 15, 12, You literally would only be thinking about that for the next like week. Like I'm not kidding. That would be the only thing on your mind. You would be. You would go. He's probably already crazy. still doing that. To be fair. Yeah. He probably he he will he still will. But yeah. Yeah. And. My other shout outs are because because I don't know who is really going. I'll just shout out the people that I think kind of have alluded to it. Um, that includes DDK, Richard and Thorin. Uh, I mean, people that say like this might be my last broadcast. If it is, shouts out to all you guys, because I think you yes. guys all did uh, fantastic jobs. And I think that 
like Note said, and a lot of people said, I think the only thing that kept this major together were the games and the talent. I think that exactly. There's a lot of negatives to say about P what PGL did there, and if it weren't for the the people on camera and for the the peep the players in those servers, this would have been a disaster, flat out. It would have been really bad. And so, shouts out to everybody that helped make it memorable in the best way possible. All right, cool. Do I fade okay. out now? Yeah, fade it out. Let's fade it. Bye. Fade the flares.